Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. It's Wednesday and you already know what it is. A new episode of Chasing the Frame. Today I'm with Derek Morrison. Derek, how are you today, man? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. It's Sunday, like we were talking about earlier. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Can't complain. Yeah, no, it's, it's really nice out. So before we get into the episode, I have to take care of some housekeeping items first, okay? So first off... We want to thank our affiliate partners, Artlist.io. Artlist is the powerful music licensing platform created by filmmakers for filmmakers. With thousands of new songs and a full year of unlimited downloads, you can find exactly the music you need for your next project. Music licensing is often a complicated, expensive mess, which slows us down and gets in the way of the creative process. By offering direct and unlimited access to our entire catalog of inspiring music for a single annual subscription fee, we believe that Artlist is the solution. And guys, if you join with our affiliate link today, you will get one year and two extra months free. So you can check out that link in our description and join Artlist.io, an inspiring music licensing platform created by filmmakers for filmmakers. Second, guys, T-shirts, 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 and we got T-shirts at teespring.com slash stores slash chasing dash the dash frame. And last but not least, it's that time of the show when I ask you listeners if you would like to donate to the cause. It's up to you. No pressure. As long as you are getting valuable information, I'm happy with that. And that's the most important thing in my life, getting you guys that valuable information from these wonderful people that are coming on the show. Again, guys, it's paypal.me slash podcast. And Cash App is jdemarco3. Also, we are accepting Litecoin XRP donations on the YouTube. So we're keeping the good faith in cryptocurrency because, hey, it's the future. Let's be real about it. Plus, it doesn't have to be one whole Litecoin and XRP is dirt cheap right now. So you can send whatever you feel comfortable with. Also, that money does grow. So if you do decide to send $10 to me, it could grow to $11. But who, it, again, doesn't matter. Whatever you guys want to give, I'm cool with it. If you don't want to give, I'm cool with that too. So let's get to it. Who's ready to chase frames today? So Derek, the first question. I ask everyone on this podcast is where are you from originally? Well, uh, originally I grew up in uh, Wichita, Kansas. Okay. Uh, you know, small, small city. Mm -hmm. It's only, uh, when I was there, it was only like 300,000 people. Okay. Um, so from how many people again? 300,000. That's a lot of people. I feel like it's, it's large for that part of the country. But if you take a look at where I've been since, 
uh, going to to Orlando with mm-hmm. uh, I think it was like a million one point two. Oh wow! And then I forget what here in Vegas it's, is. It's I think around like two, right, or something. Yeah, like that. two something. Uh, so that's pretty uh, incredible. I mean, are you? I'm guessing you're not a Chiefs fan. I am a super Chiefs <laughs> <Okay>. fan. <laughs> I'm so excited they won the Super Bowl this year. Congratulations to the Chiefs, by the way. This and I know this episode's airing in like November, December. I don't know when exactly. This is episode 46, guys. And I mean, we're filming today in February, what, 15th, 16th? So second question I ask everyone is, what was that movie, TV show, actor, director, you know, maybe writer, whoever it is creatively that spoke to you and you said to yourself, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. That is a tough question. Um, you know, I love it because everyone says the same thing. I'm like, why is it so tough? How is it so tough, guys? Like, well, I think it's tough because my mind immediately goes to Jurassic Park with Steven Spielberg. Okay, um, but I think going back, the the movie that really hooked me mm-hmm. was Twister. Oh, okay, um, with Bill Paxton yes. and uh, Helen. Uh, Helen, Helen. Oh my God, Not Hel- I was gonna say Helen Mirren. Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but really that one was, was the one that's always stuck with me throughout the years yeah. as, um, what got me into filmmaking mm-hmm. because what they did in that movie mm-hmm. was so groundbreaking, yeah. you know, making a, a, a tornado <laughs> appear on screen, yes. uh, and the cow flying over <laughs> another cow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that, that's the, that's the one I would say inspired me to to move forward. You know, that is, I haven't seen that movie in such a long time. I, I feel like I need to watch that now because it's been so long and like you mentioning it and like kind of bringing back some memories of my childhood. And I remember watching it in the TV room at night with mm. my parents and what I'll never forget is the, um, the guy when he gets gashed in the head. That, right. With yeah. the, uh, with the razor. Uh, no, no, wasn't it? Hubcap. Was, yeah, hubcap. Yeah. Hubcap yeah. goes across that, his head. That, that, that scarred me as a child, I think for my longest time. That and the water, I never saw a fully water world. The gills part that just those two things just really, I I can't comment on that because I've never actually seen Waterworld. Oh, okay, <laughs> I only got up to that part and I was like, "Yep, never, nope." I'm gonna stop this tape and take it out, and we're gonna put this away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely, I was definitely one of the kids who um, closed my eyes when yeah. that came. Yeah, that, that whole scene came across as well. That was yeah. really scary for me at the time. Yeah, did you guys? And this might sound stupid, but did you guys have a lot of twisters in Kansas when you grew up or anything of that nature? I don't, Midwest. I mean, I know it's Midwestist, right? We we do have a lot of tornadoes that come mm. through. It's Tornado Alley okay. going up through Texas, Colorado, yeah. Kansas, Nebraska, and it's a big um, alley is freaking huge. Yeah, um, there have been you know in from what I can remember, there mm. were a lot of tornadoes. Yeah, but, but Wichita was really kind of excluded from yeah, yeah. some of the disaster. Okay. That's good. That's yeah. good to know. So, question next is: So, how old were you? Um, so Twister is 95, right? And then, so you're around probably 97, um, whatever, it's close enough. So thanks. Uh, so how old are you around that time? And are you still in Kansas? I was six Mm -hmm. at that time. Okay. Uh, was in Kansas at that time, but yeah, no, I am now living in Vegas. Yeah. But when, when you're in, when you're in that, you know, Kansas and you're six years old and you're, you're seeing this movie, do you go out and like want to film things with your friends? Do you like go like make believe stuff like that. Are you doing the make believe thing? Like what's, what are you doing at that time after you see this movie and it inspired you to do that? Right. My, my cousins, uh, my cousin Caitlin and I, mm-hmm. we would, you know, act out different plays and, and, mm-hmm. and do stuff like that, make believe and all that. Um, but honestly I didn't get into, I didn't think of filmmaking as a career path yeah. for me until uh sophomore year of high school. Okay. So Tell me about that. Yeah. Years later. Um, 
Really, it all started with uh, the uh, volleyball coach. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I happened to be in the office, not yeah, yeah. for any trouble or anything, but just there. And uh, he comes out of the principal's office, and okay. they're talking about looking for someone to film the games, yeah, sports games. And I'm like, hey, I'm interested. And yeah, yeah. Got into that, and then we started doing, um, you know, funny skits mm-hmm. with friends and everything. Yeah. And and from there, it just took off. And yeah. by senior year, I. I found the college I wanted to go to. And that's, that's where my career path continued. So you had uh, in high school also, did you have any like video production classes or there's none in that? I, I actually started the, started. the video oh, wow. okay. team in my school. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Junior year. They finally put it in after I had requested and, oh, and nice. got some other people interested in doing that. So you were the, the cornerstone of that whole video production in that. Wow. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. So, Okay, so what was that like, you know, running that video production? Let me ask you that question. What was that? What was that? I know it's a big responsibility probably at the time. Well, yeah, it was. The we we had to find a teacher first. And, yeah. and fortunately we were able to we, Mr. Watkins. He was yeah. uh, the first person who was like, Hey, I'll step up, I'll do it. Um, and then he and I together kind of came up with the curriculum. Okay. And and we got a split off a bunch of groups, mm-hmm. did very yeah, yeah. simple stuff yeah, with yeah. like one video camera and a couple of friends. It you know, wasn't anything super professional yeah. at the time, but um, you know, yeah. going forward with that was was pretty fun, yeah. as, especially for me being able mm. to take something and run with it like yeah. that. Especially being the first person to do it too. Yeah, especially like you having your all your handwork and all your like blueprints are basically in that in that program probably today still too. If I honestly don't know if it's still going, okay, I, I know. Well. It started junior year. I hope so. Yeah. If you're listening and you, you went to that. Uh, Yeah. Um, I, I came back, uh, I graduated senior year and then I came back Mm -hmm. for, I think two or three months at the beginning of the next year and they were still going. So, but I came back after I graduated. Yeah. To, to, to help out still. Okay, cool. Uh, so then when you go to college, what college go to? So I went to Full Sail University okay. in Orlando. Okay. I uh, got a bachelor's in film, which mm-hmm. is, the, at the time, their course was really rigorous, yeah. 21 months. Oh, wow. You're going eight hours a day, mm-hmm. full time. Oh. Um, and, what made you pick Full Sail? I mean, I never I never really heard of Full Sail probably myself until I was, uh, like, I, after I went to, started going to Rutgers, when I transferred mm-hmm. my sophomore year, and I never heard of Full Sail till then. Even, like, when I was looking for film schools, was, you know, and, and if, uh, New York Film Academy or, like, School of Visual Arts, but. Maybe I wasn't looking hard enough. Well, I actually ended up uh, picking up a, a I think it was called HD Video Pro magazine, mm-hmm. and you know, going yeah. through there, I ended up finding this little itty bitty tiny ad in the back that <laughs> yeah, said yeah. Full Sail University, and I looked it up, and uh, I was just hooked immediately mm-hmm. because what they do is just all hands on yeah. learning. There's Perfect. no, there, you know, you get uh, four hours of, mm-hmm. of classroom time and then four hours of lab time. Okay, and uh, it was just perfect for yeah. me because that's, that's what I love is I love you know uh, learning but then I want to apply what yeah. I learned the same day exactly. that's how I yeah. learn better yeah definitely and like you can't be all theory and no practice also I think exactly Danny, Danny DeVito says in twins yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean so in college when you're doing this 21 month program are you like every week a project every day a project how's that how's that work how's that whole curriculum there work in that regard and what are you doing? Are you learning just, I mean, in filmmaking, are you, uh, are you doing a certain concentration? Is it like, you know, all the, I'm sorry, all these questions. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> with all, with that program, um, there wasn't any concentration really. Yeah. Uh, cause each, each 
two every two months basically mm-hmm. you switched off to a new oh okay. uh, department of gotcha. filmmaking. Gotcha. Um, so you have cinematography and then mm-hmm. you jump to makeup yeah. or you need lighting and then sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you basically did get I think one maybe two projects at a time. Mm-hmm. So once one project a month. Okay. And you had to you know create your group and this yeah. time it was a larger group about 15 20 people yeah. um so delegating all the tasks and everything who gets to do what and who wants to do what was there a lot of head bumping and head bumping in those classes and stuff like that eco wise and in my class uh i wouldn't say that yeah i was i wasn't extremely attentive to my class yeah. but but still i think we 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 managed to come to an agreement mm. where everyone got what they wanted yeah. and everyone learned the same things yeah yeah, yeah. what was your favorite uh department that you liked the most when you took those classes well for for that in, entire 21 months i was basically a cinematographer for um nearly every project thing okay wow we shot on uh 16 millimeter and 35 millimeter film what you like about 16 or 35 what, or what do you hate more <laughs> what do i hate more uh i hate 16 more why is that um just because the i mean honestly there's nothing visual wise different okay. between the two it's yeah, just yeah. just Having out a sense of that, the the depth of field yeah, for yeah. sixteen is a lot smaller than thirty five. Understandable. You get, it's like about four thirds, right? Would you say? Yeah, pretty much. It's okay. pretty close to that. Um, so yeah, that that's like the only thing that that I didn't like. Yeah, you, you're not actually shooting. You know, at the time, what was it? Uh, like, take Titanic was yeah. shot on thirty five. Yeah, you're not getting the the full depth of field and quality of like that. This. I don't know. Like, there's something more to like a 35 feel as well. To, uh, to I can't really put my hands on it. Like when you see a 16, a 16, eh? But it's like 35. Right. Is like, ooh. Well, I mean, you can and take, not just depth of field wise too. I think there's, um, you know, I can't explain it right now too. It, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> aesthetically, your your mind can yeah. see the difference. Yeah. Um, take a, a rum diary with uh, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Um, that was shot all on 16 millimeter. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I never saw that actually. It was it was really good, you know. Take, is, is he Hunter S. Thompson in that book? I one two. Is that like another um, one where he plays Hunter S. Thompson again? I think so. I, it's been so long since okay. I've seen it, so I, I can't say for I'm sure. Testing but, you here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was a quiz today. Oh, you know, it's whatever. You can also plead the fifth on this show too, uh-huh. just to let you know. <laughs> yep. Uh, I solemnly swear I'm up to no good. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> good. Yeah. Um, I think going, going back, yeah, yeah. cinematography was what I specialized mm-hmm. in, but my, what I fell in love with was post-production Okay, uh, out of everything. I'm guessing the organization is your favorite part of that whole thing. Uh, <laughs> no, not me. I mean, I love opening up a yeah, project yeah. and having everything in its order, <laughs> Yeah, but I'm not the one who's doing it anymore, yeah. thankfully. Hey, it's not your happy man. Teach their own, teach their own. Okay. Yep. <laughs> So, okay, so you're in full sale, you're doing the cinematography route. When do you come to love then the post-production process during that cinematography time or like post full sale? No, it was, it was, it was during my time at full sale. Okay. Um, I actually got really interested in it once, uh, red, you know, came, yeah, yeah. came to the market Okay. and they started putting out sample files yeah, yeah. and everything. I started okay. experimenting very early on yeah. with, with all of that. Did you guys have a red at full sale or no, no. no? Uh, full set was strictly film. Oh, and, okay. Uh, if you if it went film, Sony for broadcast, yeah. and find we were the first, we were the second group to actually shoot on the Aria Alexa there. Oh wow! Yeah, they had just gotten it in an Aria Alexa EV Plus. Wow, that's pretty dope. Yeah, cool. it was pretty cool. 
you, how'd your brain work when you had to use the Alexa and then I'm going from film to Alexa if you're using that, yeah. Well, fortunately, it's it's airy, so yeah. they pretty much made it just like film. Okay. So I didn't have to transition anything yeah. over. That's good. That's a that's a that's a. <laughs> my brain would just go. What? <laughs> what do I do now? Oh my gosh! Check the gate. Oh wait, there. I don't have to no, check. There's the gate. no gate. There's no, no gate. Wonderful. <laughs> Did we push record? Uh, is the battery on? <laughs> so okay. So um, then after full sale, are you still in Florida? Just how long do you stay in Florida? What are you doing? Are you looking for f- jobs? Does Folsom help you find jobs? Well, in 2011, I, I graduated in 2012, but in 2011, I actually managed to pick up a secondhand red. Okay. Red one camera. Okay. So I use. Oh my gosh. I helped. That helped me get yeah. jobs while I was in Florida. So yeah. I started renting that out and getting on on production small yeah. ones. Um, did some pickup shots for features. Did oh, music cool. videos, cool. stuff like that. Um, so as soon as I graduated, I was still had a whole bunch of. Uh, bookings lined yeah. up with that, so mm-hmm. I stayed around um, till 2015. Okay, yeah, and then 2015 you came here, right? Yeah, 2015. Now, how did you meet Dustin though? Well, Dustin actually went to to full sale with me. Okay, we ended up uh, in the same classes, and you know, it we just became friends <laughs> friends since then. And yeah. So we're, we've been friends for ten years now, and wow, um, yeah, he he and his wife moved out to Vegas mm-hmm. in 2013 or 14, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Um, and then I was still working in Florida yeah. and then he calls me up one day. He's like, Hey, I got a short film. I'm shooting out here. Do you yeah. want to come out and, and help? Was, uh, that was Ataraxia. Okay. Which that's a whole nother long story that, that didn't end so well. Why didn't you, if you give me the short version of that, why didn't it end so short, well? short version is we had one copy of the footage and the hard drive died. Ooh. Yeah. That's no, that's yeah, not good. Not, what was Ataraxia about? So Ataraxia was a, uh, a post-apocalyptic uh, uh. adventure story. Okay. Kind of in the vein of, of Uncharted and Nathan Drake. Okay, cool. Um, so we had this character. He's going throughout the world. You know, he's got to survive and help. He, he's a very good character, so he helps other yeah. people, you know, fight battles with bad guys. Yeah. And, and then Ataraxia, so that happens. And what happened? What do you guys do next after Ataraxia? After Ataraxia, we, we, you know, here in Vegas, convention's mm. a huge thing. So yeah. we started doing convention mm. And that's what kept us sustained. Okay. Um, and we still do that today. Yeah. Um, but after that, we started a, a collaboration project yeah. called Shadows. Okay. Which is uh, a futuristic um, show. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be a series yeah. um, about a, a woman who gets stranded on an alien planet. Uh-huh. And her, her cruise has been killed in a crash and everything. Did you do that prior to the Radiant one? That was... Oh, that was just after the radio. Okay, one, actually, yeah, that's where you and I yeah, met. Yeah, that's where we met. Yeah. So, what was your? Um, actually, I think we met before that, real quick, because I I did work for Dustin for a hot second when I was, okay. and I dropped off uh, footage, and I think you were you just came from Vegas. Oh yes, yeah. Now I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So um, we, we that's where we met originally. <laughs> very briefly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very briefly for a hot second, like literally. Hi, bye. <laughs> See ya. So, uh, what was that like working on the radio one? Because, like, you know, also, let me actually wait. Let me go back a little bit. Okay. So, you're working on these projects in Florida, and like on these sets, are they big sets, small sets? What was the, you know, atmosphere like? And what was actually your first time being on an actual professional set? Set 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 two. What was that like for you? I forgot to ask that. Um. Well, the, the first professional set was uh, Budweiser commercial for okay. the Super Bowl. Oh, cool. Uh, I was a PA on that yeah, yeah. at the time, um, just driving around the truck. Yeah. Um, 
really amazing to see something so large mm. as a Super Bowl commercial come yeah. together and actually be a part of it. Yeah. Um, that was uh, what was so largely different was the segmentation of departments. What do you mean? Like, like they, they don't really talk to each other or no, like you have the department, well, you have the department heads who are talking to each other, but um, being a PA who's just has one person to report to Mm. and not necessarily has knowledge of what other teams are doing for the commercial. Okay. Like that. So, because there were, the, the commercial had a team at an airport, another team downtown, yeah. and then uh, another team getting B-roll of the city. Okay. Um, which was quite quite amazing to see yeah. something that large become what it was yeah. at the finished project. So were you driving the, driving the truck to different locations and stuff like that? So you're seeing kind of like... Yeah, at some point I was transporting yeah. the, the Steadicam mm. crew, and then another time I was transporting... Uh, producers yeah. and another time was transporting talent what was going on in your mind like what were you thinking like the whole time like what are you thinking? Like, wow this is cool or was it like i was like this is so cool yeah, i just yeah. hope i don't screw things up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i ended up i ended up doing a little tiny minor thing <laughs> what'd but, you do what did you tell uh, us i just yeah i just uh you know backed into a truck so oh, okay <laughs> it's all good I, it was it wasn't your fault it really wasn't honestly. the truck actually moved forward and yep there, there you yeah, go this, yeah. yep <laughs> <laughs> so also in florida What's the what's what's the film production like there too? Well, at the, uh, back then at yeah. the time, um, it was really heavy with burn notice in Miami. Okay. Miami and Tampa was pretty set. They were doing a lot of work there. And full sales in Orlando, right? Right. So, so we're halfway between okay. the two. It's like what? Uh, what is it? Like an hour between the two? Because isn't Tampa like an hour away? Or something? Tampa's an hour, and Miami's three and a half hours. Oh my gosh, that's not really in between. I feel not, like. Well, I mean, it's in between, but <laughs> it's yeah, in, it's not. Close. It's not, it's like not a, halfway. It's not like going to Henderson and Summerlin. Right. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, all right, going back to Vegas. Now we and we're going to go back to the um, the Radium one. So, what was that experience on set like? What was that working with? I mean, I guess you were obviously worked with Dustin before you, but working with the Vegas talent now and being there for the first time. What was your What was your mindset? What was your in your head? What was your head thinking? What was in my head was that. Um, you know, trying to bring, just bring my knowledge yeah. to set. Um, cause we, what I was doing was, was media managing yeah, yeah. DIT on that one. Um, but being able to, you know, manage all these cards that mm-hmm. were offloading for everything. Um, seeing, uh, I was actually ended up being second, uh, second unit DP for, okay. for some stuff. Cause Dustin had yeah busy with other stuff. Um, but you know, I, I managed to, to find, common ground with the local talent. It was the first yeah. time, you know, working outside yeah, yeah. of the state. So exactly. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Um, you know, met a really good friend, Devin, mm. uh, Campos. Uh, he's, you know, we continue to work to this yeah. day. Um, and yourself, John mm. met you there, yep. like really got to know you there. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it was just exciting to, to see that there was a, uh, a, a talent pool here in Las Vegas yeah. that, that was knowledgeable and we managed to accomplish mm. something that I th- I still really like the. Film. Yeah, I like it too. I, uh, I actually, funny enough, I talked to Chris about a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, maybe a little less, because uh, he asked me if I want some hard drive. So he gave me like a 14 terabytes of hard drive. Wow. So I was like, I need these perfect timing. I need this for all the podcast stuff because like, <laughs> I'm running out of space here. <laughs> That's great. So uh, yeah, so I saw him and then he was telling me like basically he's pushing it. He's going to go to Asia now. Um, I don't know when, 
but basically he's trying to pull a radiant one for Asia markets now. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, so that's what he was telling me, but he didn't really get into much depth about it. So I, I don't really know everything. I don't remember the whole conversation, but I remember him saying Asia is going to be where it is. Well, that's really cool. I yeah. honestly, I, you know, I'm excited that uh, it's, it's still going. Yeah. Cause it, it did come out here in the United States yeah. and Great Britain. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, I, I believe so. That. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he went there for a bit too, I think. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, and you can catch it on iTunes if yeah, you if you're yeah, interested yes, out there yes. listening. I, I haven't really told anyone about that. Thank you. You're the first person <laughs> to mention the idiot one. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I lo- that movie's really really good for what it is. You know what I mean? Like it, no, it, it's interesting. It, it really yeah. is. It's, it's it's the first time that I worked on a story that I felt was unique. Yeah, it was very unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was fun too. It was a small little what was it like. 10, 10 crew person crew oh, maybe I think for you guys? Maybe at most. 10, yeah. At most. On a good yeah. day, on a good uh-huh. day, yeah. Uh, and your, your rig was awesome, by the way. Your whole setup, was that yours? That was, I think, a combination of mine and Dustin's. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was like, wow, this is really cool. I'm like, when did you get this stuff and everything? Right. Yeah, you were working with um, Da Vinci, right? And uh, what else? It was... I was using, well, on that on that set, I was using uh, Assimilate Scratch to do okay. all the, the yes. dailies work because um, at... And during that time, mm-hmm. it was still very common to go from the red files off to ProRes so yeah. that uh, edit you, yeah. the editor, and um, the producer could could watch yeah. what what was shot. I mean, like, I mean, also uh, being a DIT, what's the most important thing? Of, I mean, data management, right? But like, mm-hmm. what else are you guys doing as a DIT on the daily? And well, so for for a DIT, mm-hmm. um, you're really you you have to be the most knowledgeable one on set. If, yeah. if anything technical comes up with the camera or mm-hmm. not even just the camera, if it's like maybe the audio yeah, or, yeah. or a monitor or something like that, you got to know you're the person that they should go to, yeah. to, to find the fix. Yeah. Um, besides that, you know, you're, you're offloading cards. You're making mm-hmm. sure that uh, the, you're working with the DP to create the look for the, the shot or the film, the yeah. scene, I should say it should yeah. really be based off by scene. Um, and, and, you know, you're displaying that to the director mm. yeah, and yeah. The DP and everything. Um, and then you're offloading cards, mm. you're converting the red files or the yeah. raw files over to something like ProRes or H.264. Mm. Um, and then from there, you just got to make sure you have at least three backups. <laughs> Don't ever leave set Why without three. three. So three. you'll you'll have one that stays with you on set. Okay. And that's so you can, you know, if you need to rush and yeah. do a simple edit, uh, then you'll have one that should go with the producer. Okay. And that should be taken home every day. Okay. And hopefully they maybe they back it up again. Yeah. And then the last one gets shipped off to editorial. Okay. So three for those reasons. And maybe a fourth one just for good measure? Just for good measure. The fourth one usually sometimes can be on set tape backup. Yeah. So LTO. LTO tape. Which that is got a lifespan of thirty years as yeah. long as you don't take it next to a magnet. You well, know? hopefully you're not taking it next to a magnet, or yeah. you don't work next to a magnet place. Right, <laughs> you'll be screwed. Just walk into a magnet factory. <laughs> That's where we're filming. Yeah. Oh my. What, if that, what if that actually happens to you one day? You just walk in and you don't know the client, and they're like, "Well, we went to this one place. You walk in as a magnet factory. <laughs> what would the first? What would your my reaction be? My first thing would be, <laughs> "What were you guys?" thinking like would you even bring you couldn't even bring the camera in there honestly like, i don't think you could you know, yeah it's like it's like when they put um the rate of what was it, the the tape on the camera boxes when you go through a check-in or whatever at the airport like oh, yeah. the radiation thing yep. or whatever it do is. not send through the x-ray yeah, which they still do anyway i feel like <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah they don't listen 
So, okay, let me ask you this then, a two. So when you get here in Las Vegas also, two, are you guys Quantum Mark right off the bat, or is it after the Radiant one you guys become Quantum Mark? Really, after the Radiant one, okay. you know, we Quantum Mark became what it is yeah. today. Um, Kate and Dustin had actually started the name, the company Quantum Mark yeah. Media, before that. Okay. Um, and primarily Kate was doing all of her graphic design work through mm. that. And then when I came out, Dustin and I started doing the corporate stuff on yeah. Quantum Mark Media. And now today we're a 3,000 square foot office mm-hmm. with, I don't know, like 10 people underneath it nice. now. And, and also when you're doing that too, how did you guys get the corporate gigs? Is that, was that easy to come across? Like what were you guys, what was the pitch, I guess, for that? I mean, I, when we, when we were first starting out, yeah. all we did was pretty much like probably most everybody who's listening mm-hmm. is we're going through, um, staff me up.com okay. and production hub.com. Yeah. We're just looking for jobs that are here locally mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. Do you think because you guys had the red also, it was a very big and very good selling point for you guys too to have that. I, I'm not a person who wants to say that if you own a red, you're going to get a job. Yeah. Cause that's not necessarily the yeah. case. But it's, I mean, I'm just asking cause I do see a lot on like uh Craigslist ads in general too. Like where they're like, if you have a red or airy or an FS seven, like, will you want to hire you? And it's like, well, I don't have those. And right. I'm sorry. Well, there, <laughs> there's definitely some advantages to having one of yeah. those cameras. Um, I would say that that at the time there were that that was a pretty hot time for red. Yeah. Um. So having that was an advantage to us. Yeah. Um. And I know we did get a couple of jobs, especially um, Mobile World Congress yeah. one year. They uh, Dustin was shipped out to Barcelona with oh, wow. the red. Wow. And primarily because we had the red, because they wanted to shoot something ultra high resolution. Yeah. For understand their website. Gotcha. And then. When you guys are doing those, you guys are growing as Quantum Mark. You guys, when do you guys start looking for a space then? Or what are you guys doing also? Are you guys doing indie films too? What other indie films are you guys doing? Well, that that was when we started our, our Shadows oh, oh, yeah. project. And, yeah. and so that got us going the local indie film market. Okay. Um, it's still ongoing, but yeah. but it, it we were managed, we managed to put out some material that was, yeah. was, grabbed a couple yeah. of more jobs for us. What, what was it like making shadows? Was it very, it, um, it's been so long since I've seen it. So my, don't mind me, but like, it was very VFX heavy. Was it, was it tasking to do a sci-fi? What was, what was the, the challenges for a sci-fi film like that? Uh, definitely yeah. the challenges were the visual effects. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, it was the first time actually though, that we, we did a lot practically on set okay. with, with, uh, yeah. some smoke bombs and fire. Nice. And, and just to set the scene of a crash landed mm. spaceship. Yeah. Um, but what where that project is still ongoing today, yeah. I'm actually rendering something right oh now gosh. in the office for it. <laughs> um, is the visual effects of okay. the spaceship flying through wow. space and everything. What what why like what programs are you using for that? Like are you using After Effects, uh, Cinema Four D, like Nuke? I don't know. I'm just throwing out like visual effects. Those those programs. are those are good programs. Um <laughs> like I'm using I'm using premieres. <laughs> right. Well, for for the, for this project, you know, it's it's a it's a low to no budget film, so um, use the resources you can. Yeah. Which uh, right now, what, what what I'm working in is Blender, which okay. is a free free open source three yeah, yeah. D modeling yeah, yeah. program, um, which is great to start learning on. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, over time, it's gotten better and better. So yeah. right now, um, 
my skills have gotten to the point where we're actually creating a volumetric nebula oh, wow. for the spaceship to fly through, and, and smoke is interacting with the spaceship itself. Oh, cool. How long did, like, Blender, I mean, oh my gosh, I remember seeing Blender in college, and, like, there's a rabbit thing. Do you remember, do you ever see this, what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, there's a rabbit that is used as a splash screen. Some, yes. I, I forget which model version it is, yeah, but yeah. yeah. I remember seeing that video, I was like, what, what is this program? And then mm. I opened it, I was like, ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you open it, it is very daunting because yeah. you, you, you see a bunch of windows and yeah. a bunch of uh, settings and everything. Yeah. It's the same thing that happened to me when I opened the Autodesk smoke. Cause I downloaded that <laughs> torrented. Let me just, I'll, I'll throw it out there. That's I okay. Tor- I, I torrented 3ds max way I, back I, when. And I remember opening up, um, smoke and I was like, what is this program? I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> it was like final cut meets avid meets like, Premiere in a sense. And I'm like, what is going yeah. on? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're doing, you're doing your series. It's ongoing. And then what are you, and you're doing the, the jobs and stuff like that. So then, then you guys are looking for a place then next. Yeah. So we, we started looking for a place as soon as um, shadows got uh, off the ground. And then, yeah. you know, we, we found a, a really small mm-hmm. one yeah. office room you know, place is this to rent. Before this, your first place, or, or I mean, sorry, before your place now, or is this the place? This now? is before the place now. Okay. Um. So we got a one office room. Yeah. With uh, permissions to use a large uh, warehouse area. Oh, nice. And it turned out really great because yeah. the owners, uh, the operators, were friends of friends in Florida. Oh, nice. Um. They knew one of the teachers that we had trained under. Okay. Six degrees of like Kevin Bacon, in essence. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Small world and everything. Yeah. Um. So that was really great, and we managed to bring on Devin from. The Radiant One. Yep. Uh, he co- he came to join us, mm-hmm. and uh, Ashley Piper, yeah, uh, who also came to join us. Okay, how did you meet Ashley then? Dustin actually knew Ashley from a small small project okay. uh, locally that she actually hired him to do some mm-hmm. f- some camera work for. Okay, gotcha. And then when you get the small place, you start bringing the business. I know you did Undefined for a hot minute with Jordan, right? Yep. You did. Um, you did, and then you did Joe Lewan's thing. Did you do both of his stuff, or the Immortal, uh, Radi- Immortal so Wars one and two? Or? The Immortal Wars one. Yeah, uh, Joe needed help with some color grading work. Okay, um, which I helped him out on with yeah. that, and then uh, he brought us on as production team for Immortal gotcha. Wars two. What was it like? Well, first I'll go with Undefined because I was first. I'm guessing okay. right. And anything in between Undefined and you guys getting that first place that I'm missing? By the way, that I there there's a small forty minute uh, mm-hmm. film called. Uh, Un, untold love or something okay. like that. Um, is it, it was like a more sort of a mafioso yeah, kind yeah. of of a film. Now, for these, were you doing DIT or cinematography? Different different project, different well, jobs for different projects. At that time, I, I had been able to transition into the post production world. Okay, and so I was doing what I what yeah. I fell in love with, which was editing and color grading. Those are the two things I love to do. And and you're still using? Were you still using Scratch? Or no? No. So, so I I stopped using Scratch right after the Radiant one. Okay. Um, Why did you stop using Scratch? I I had owned the full oh, version okay. of Resolve, mm-hmm. um, which did a lot of similar features. Mm-hmm. So it didn't make sense to own both. Gotcha. At the time. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, uh, do you like Resolve over Scratch? Uh, yes. Okay. Definitely. Okay. You could have played the fifth if you wanted to. I was, I was, I <laughs> no. No. Resolve has definitely advanced. Far, uh, I think far beyond scratch as yeah. far as capabilities. Yeah, and and since I heard about it too, it's like every year's an update too, which is insane. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I never see that with like besides like 
Premiere and stuff like Adobe. that. Like, yeah, but but Adobe breaks things sometimes with with all Adobe their breaks updates. Things everything. Yes. Every time. Every There's time. always a problem. Yeah. Like, I remember I got on the Adobe bandwagon because since what was it 2000? You probably remember this too. I think 2011 2012 is when like OS OS X Lion was coming out. Uh huh. And they're like, Final Cut 7 won't work online anymore. Final Cut 7 won't work online. Right. Like reading all these articles. They basically force you right yeah. into the Adobe ecosystem. Or, yeah. And I'm like, really? Like, and I got 5.5. And from there, I've been in Adobe ever since. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I mean, when I had a Mac, I still used Final Cut X or 10, whatever you want to call it, which I don't mind. So, okay. So, Undefined, what was that set like? What did you guys do? You guys consult? You guys do the whole thing? What was it? So, so Dustin and Ashley stayed with Undefined. Uh, I did a couple of, of shooting days with them. Yeah, um, that one was uh, very um, say uh, it was unstructured. Okay. to a point. Yeah, I mean there were there was there was some structure to it, mm. um, but not a lot. Not yeah. not not what we were used to. Yeah. What were uh, what was it that we, well what what was it then that you were like were like what fuck. <laughs> you were on the show. Okay. Um, well, I mean, the the shooting schedule was yeah. very up in the air sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe the day before, like, hey, can we go shoot tomorrow? Yeah. When you know, we, we, we we like to plan ahead yeah, and have everything prepared. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, because I, I mean, I think as I tried out for that just to, before it was like get going or whatever. Mm. And they were like, you know, you have to be at everything. You have to be every. I'm like, I have, I have work. Right. The ask was a little bit taller yeah. of an order than what most people could yeah. fulfill. Understandable. So you guys just did that for a bit, and they're still on it. I'm well. I don't know because Jordan's now in Milwaukee. The, yeah. The interesting thing yeah. was was it was approached as we're going to shoot a couple of scenes yeah. to make a investment trailer. Yeah. I, I and, that. Yeah. And then it progressed so far that we nearly had half or three quarters of the film actually shot. Okay. Cause I thought it was supposed to be a web series at one time. And okay. I didn't know that. I have no but, idea. I yeah. mean, everything changes here. So everything is pretty fluid. Everything yeah. is, um, not, Oh, it's the word I was looking for. I just had it too. Where it's like everything, uh, fuck. I forgot what it was. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a term too. Fuck. It's going to bother me. Like when you leave, I'm like, you're going to remember it. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. After undefined, you, you go to Joe, then yeah. you're doing the post production for Joe. What was the post production flow of color? What they wanted for for Mortal for Wars. Mortal Wars? Yeah, um, it was actually really nice to work with Joe. Um, okay. It was pretty simple because um, he had a lot of uh, visual effects with with the scenes that he needed help with, which yeah. was uh, the jail scenes in, mm -hmm. in his film, and um, he was able to remove those real simply. Yeah. And I got the raw files, and so I was able to color those, yeah. send them back to him, and he would put in the effects, and you know it was. Butter. Now, question: Do you do is it is it color then effects or effects and color? That is all based on what type of uh, how the film workflow is yeah determined beforehand. Gotcha. Because because I've seen I've seen projects where do the effects first and then yeah. color, um, and then I've seen other projects where it's yeah. both at the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, like, what do you think makes more sense? To me, it it makes more sense to do the color first and yeah. then the effects. Why is that? If I may ask, it's it's simpler for the visual effects guys to mm -hmm. match their effects work okay. to the film. Gotcha. Um, the only time where that doesn't work out is like if, say, I need to take someone's arm completely off and put yeah. in a whole new background. Okay, that's got to be done first before I can color. Understood. Okay, now I get it. Because I always thought like 
you know, if you're doing like effects work and stuff like that, you do you do the effects work, then bring it in, then the color because you know if you if I guess if you brought the effects, I don't know, maybe I just didn't know much. Obviously, I mean that's that's why I say it, it depends. Like yeah. there, there's there's certain take. I mean, you can go on the large scale and go to mm. the Avengers Endgame. Yeah, all the effects work is done before yeah. the color. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, most likely. I don't have back behind the scenes knowledge of that, but most was, likely was, that um, is what's happening. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, because all the you know, take Iron Man. He's yeah. got to be put all in the stuff. Iron Man yeah, suit yeah. first before, and then all, all that. that stuff, and then added all that shading. But then the shading and stuff too has to be guess done before the color. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of shit. It, you know, it, it you'll do a, probably another one look color yeah. pass after all the effects is work. Gotcha. If you do okay. a split between, you know. So, so you did that color, which was easy. You said, and then I guess because Joe knows you guys, he's like, hey, why don't you be the production team from the Mortal Wars two? And then how was that shoot going? How did that shoot go? All that good stuff. What was that experience like? I mean, you're doing post production then, I'm guessing. Uh, well, on that one, I you know transitioned yeah. right back into DIT work. For oh, that. okay, yeah, yeah. Um, which was amazing for that film. Um, loved working on it. Um, the intricacy of what Joe has in his head mm-hmm. and what he brings onto the screen is is you know amazing. Yeah, he's a really good director. Yeah. Um, and working on that set, um, you know, moving equipment around, making yeah. sure the camera's all ready to go and all that. Where'd you guys film, by the way? I never... Uh, where'd you guys film? Where? Yeah, where? Um, so we shot at the Nellis Sand Dunes. Is that by going to Pahrump? No, no, no. So if you're going north to the Air Force Base... Gotcha. Just keep going north and you'll find a large um, couple miles worth of sand dunes out there. Oh, okay. Because I think there's another sand dunes. If you go, like, coming from Pahrump or going to Pahrump... I've actually never been to Pahrump, so... Because uh, I only remember this because my roommate and me went to Pahrump, or we passed through Pahrump once, because we went to um, this uh, ghost town, whatever, Roxy, some okay. some ghost town, and he, I told him, like, let's not go to Pahrump, ever, and he decided to go through Pahrump, <laughs> so, and I remember seeing some sand dune thing, so, mm. yeah, not, like, remember where it is. Yeah, um, but, you know, we shot the Nellis sand dunes. Okay. And then out towards uh, Nelson's Landing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There's some caves out mm-hmm. there that we went and shot at. Okay. Um, and then there is a uh, paint, a zombie paintball place. I forget what it's called. Bonnie Springs, I know what you think of. No, no? It's, it's right downtown off of uh, Indus, Industrial. Oh, I know that. Yeah. It's huge, huge warehouse, and they've got a bunch of uh, houses, sets built wait, up inside of it. Wait, 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 wait. Oh no, I'm thinking of Vegas Apocalypse. That's it. Oh, okay. Or it was used to be called uh it's downtown now? I say downtown, I might be by wrong. By Flamingo, the one by the uh Palms I mean? Yes. Yeah, that's not downtown, so Okay. Downtown I think is like more like I've only been here area. a couple of years. That's... But still you should know by now. <laughs> <laughs> How many years? It's been like two thousand fifteen, right? It's been five years. Five now. years. I'm I'm seven, so I if 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 okay, fine. fine. <laughs> I should not have excuses. All right, I messed up. Um, but yes, Vegas yeah. Apocalypse. Yeah. That one was two days worth. Yeah. Very long days, that about 17 awesome. or 18 hour yeah. days. Yeah. That, I mean, I remember when it was used to, it used to be actually called Adventure Combat Ops. A, okay. And I remember doing that because when I worked at Free Money Studios, the last thing they did before I left was a commercial for them. Mm. And then after that, they let us do come in before they opened and like, it was the best hour and a half of my life. I, I don't know if you ever actually did that. Like, no, I didn't. Oh man, it's. I know it's like a lot of money. It's like two hundred bucks. I think. Yeah, it's it was, expensive. Yeah, it's expensive. But like, if you ever just want to do it one day as a fun like office out party yes. thing, I highly recommend it. Because honestly, after that hour and a half, 
I felt like I could do anything. <laughs> like I should you not, know, it was high intense and adrenaline fun. Like you did 30 minutes of like learning how to do the cover and all that stuff. And then you just go through those houses for an hour. Yep. And my God, man, highly recommend. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. No, that's a really cool experience because, uh, they treat it like it's real. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes, they do. Yeah. It's so, oh, it's so good. So good. I'm so jealous that you guys always got, got the shooting there. Yeah. It was fun to see it with all yeah. the lights on and everything. Yeah. And, yeah. You yeah. Know. And um, so you did that. What was the post-production process of doing that whole movie now? Like, wh- how long did it take you guys? Um, well, I, I can't comment on that because Joe ended up taking up uh, all oh. the post-production stuff on his own. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> yeah. No, all I can say is that, uh, you know, we managed to save all the all the footage three times. Okay. That's good. Did it that's right. good. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, there was one one night that we ended up with uh, a hardware error. Oh, on how so? the audio recorder. It would record like yeah. three, three or four seconds, and then you know you'd play it, and it would before. and it would be like another two minutes later, and it, yeah. was, it was right next to that first three or four seconds. That's so weird. Yeah. What what recorder? Let's let's call them out. Let's throw Zoom H six N. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Everyone loves those recorders, though. Mm. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was shocked, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was it was it a software issue? Did you guys get it fixed? By the way. Um. We think it was a software issue. We just ran an, uh, an update on it. Okay. Ho- we haven't had a problem since. Knock I don't on know wood. If it's actual wood. But I, I'll take it. Okay. Whatever it is. All right. Fine. Um, I'm, I'm warning you now. If you get if, you, if it doesn't work, I'm not. It's not. It's not my <laughs> fault. Um. So you did. So you didn't do the post production. But no. did you? You didn't do the color at all, or? Well, I did. I did some finishing color work yeah. on on the second one as okay. well. Okay. Yeah. Joe. Joe does. Joe likes to do a lot of the post production stuff, like okay. like me. That's understandable. Yeah. And then after Immortal Wars, uh, what'd you guys go to? So after Immortal Wars, we went uh, straight into well, straight into um, Burrow. Okay. With Mike, Michael Fortune and yeah, Zach yeah. Finn's film Burrow, mm-hmm. um, which has been tremendously great yeah uh, it's gone through the festival circuits won a couple of awards mm-hmm. and everything uh it's a beautiful film about yeah. uh father and son who's trying to escape uh, the drug mule life yeah um so we went straight into that yeah uh we spent editing probably i don't know four months after we shot it in yeah. three days um so was spent- it a lot of like what was what took so i mean i guess that's not really long i mean Maybe it is. I don't know. For you, how did you feel? Was that long for the post-production process? I mean, it's a short? No, it was long. Uh, the The difficulty was we had to work uh, with Zach Finn, who was yeah. remote. Okay. He was in LA. Yeah, yeah. So we, we had a schedule around both our working schedules yeah. and the ability to you know, have a Skype conversation yeah. back and forth. Did you guys not have Frame.io at the time? At the time, Frame.io didn't, I don't <laughs> think it existed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Which I love now. I'm so glad that that's around. It's a wonderful program. Oh yes. my god! But it's a little expensive. I think it's a little pricey, personally. Per seat licenses is yeah. rough. Yeah. yeah. There's another one too that's like just the same amount of money almost. Uh, what the name of it too? It's an. It's yeah. It's not as good as Frame.io though. No, no one knows it apparently. <laughs> if, if if you're not using Frame.io, you don't you yeah. know the others. Uh, yeah, that's true. Well, no. I, wait, it was uh, Whipster or something like that. I think it was called Whipster. Whipster, I think it was. Uh, don't doesn't doesn't ring a bell. I, I you know because we were looking for an alternative. It's my old job. Uh, we used Frame.io. My friend got it and was paying for it. And he goes, if he ain't if the boss ain't gonna pay for it, I ain't gonna pay for it anymore. Because he wants to show him at least, hey, this is what we can do. If you we only need to stay later to send you shit to like right, dude, you can just give it, send it to you and give us the notes and like you know we'll fix it the next day or whatever. And then like as soon as my friend told him how much it is a month. I think the guy didn't want it, so he's like, well, let's find alternatives. And then the right. alternatives, I think, was one of them was Whipster. And it wasn't as good 
as like Frame.io. Probably not as no. feature rich as Frame.io. Oh, and like also you can add it to what like Premiere now. You can add it to Resolve and yep. actually Premiere was the first one and Final Cut now. Premiere, too. Final Cut, and Resolve all have integrated uh, capabilities with Frame.io. Why is it doing After Effects yet? Well, then again, I don't know. NAB is coming around the corner personally on Who in knows? February. Yeah, and this will be out past uh, NAB, so. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's, it's out by now. Yeah, who knows? We'll, yeah. Find, we'll find out. There are NAB episodes coming up. <laughs> People don't now know about, obviously, in the future. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, no, for, I mean, it's, it's a great program. So yeah. if you're not using it, I suggest you check it out. Yeah, definitely. I highly recommend it as well. And yeah, take it. He's the man who does post-production now. He would know. So after Burrow, the three or four months of doing that, what was that? Right off of Burrow. Yeah. The one of the, the the location scouts or one of the location trips for that film mm-hmm. um, spun off a Christmas movie. Okay, called the Christmas Cabin. Okay, and the Christmas Cabin became Quantum Mark's first in-house feature film that was produced and yeah. directed and post finished by yeah. us. How was that experience like? What was that like? Yeah, what was that whole experience for you guys like? Oh man, uh, it was an eye-opening experience for one. Yeah, why was it eye-opening? Um, you know, doing the entire process front to yeah. back and then going into distribution and mm-hmm. making sure all the distribution channels have all the files and everything mm-hmm. they need and all the paperwork yeah. and everything and working with SAG actors and all that. Yeah. Um, it was just eye-opening because that was the first time we've done literally every single piece of, of paperwork yeah. front to back. How much did you learn from that? Like, I mean, we learned about um, this, you know, you, you have your script. Yeah. This is an example. You have your script, but now you have to, once your film is actually filmed, yeah. you have to have a whole new script made that is based off of what's actually on screen. Really? So you have to have a whole new script retyped up for Just that. Just for what's on screen? Yeah. Like prop-wise and camera-wise? Or what What do you mean? Well, take the take the, the actions and the dialogue from the, yeah. the script. Okay. And say, you know, the actors, you know, ad lib just a little bit. Yeah. And that's all going to oh. get retyped up as a whole new script. So, so wait, wait, wait. Hold on, let me make sure I'm getting this right. So you're, you make the script, right? Mm-hmm. Then you're saying you film it? Then we film it. We, and then we edit the actors- it. And then once that edit's done, oh, we, we get a yeah, new the, script rewritten based off of, of the, the edit. edit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did not know that. Holy shit. That is a lot of fucking yep, work. That is. Holy moly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wow, my mind is blown actually. Yeah, we had no idea that that was that was a thing. Yeah. Well, that's a new that's a new thing to me mm-hmm. too. So thank you for learning yeah. <laughs> or teaching today. Yes. I mean. So, yeah, if you really want to, if you're actually going to finish your a full feature length film and, you know, go out yeah. there do it and then did you guys write the script or did you guys send it off to like some like third world like you know, text thing. Yeah, we 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 send it off to. Okay. Have, there's companies out there that that's all they do yeah, yeah. is do those. those yeah, I was gonna say that's me a long time. If you guys didn't do that, I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. What'd she say? I don't know. Rewind a little bit. You guys probably still be in post production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, on that film, we were in post production for what I would still clarify as a year. Wow. What? What? Why? What you clarify as a year? Why is? Um, just because uh, once once we got distribution, we sent yeah. off to to our our distributor mm-hmm. um, and then they're marketing it out to all these different regions. Yeah. And so as soon as the, the region says, yes, I want this, mm-hmm. um, they would come to us and be like, okay, here we need, you know, text lists. Yeah. So all the titles have to be taken out. All the, we had text messages bubbles on screen. So all that's got to get taken out. Oh, wow. Um, Why is that, that take, taken out? So say, so France was one of the ones that bought, bought yeah. the film 
they'll have a company go in France, go yeah. in and put in French text and French oh, titles. Gotcha. Um, if if there's anything that's, that kind of sucks because like, well, they don't do the same After Effects that you guys did for. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I honestly, I haven't seen those yeah. versions of it, but I'm I'm curious myself yeah. as to what that actually I looks think like. I it actually looks came similar. across it. In France, well, because I, I you were I, in France. No, I wasn't in France. So what happened was, I looked for a Christmas cabin on like iTunes or something like that. Because I was like, oh, where else is it? And is I only saw it on Amazon, and then I saw it like in either French or like Spanish on iTunes. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. okay then. <laughs> I was like, oh, fascinating, right? And that's the other thing is yeah. is not just text, but you got to take out your dialogue. Yeah. Oh. So you pull your dialogue, and then they have people come in and voice dub. Spanish or French or German. Really? Yeah. But I but when you watch like the dub versions of things, don't I don't know that's true. I was gonna say this that's the subtitle thing. I'm yeah. thinking like sometimes you hear like the Amer no, I'm just stupid. Go right go now. go to Netflix yeah. and uh The Rain, I would say is a good example. Um it's a series on Netflix, yeah. but it's it was shot in German, mm-hmm. I believe, or maybe Dutch. Um but if you change it over to the English dub, you can see that the the word, the mouths, yeah, and the yeah. words don't line up, yeah. and that's the same thing. Is you know they had to export their music, yeah. their sound effects, all the production Sounds sound. Like a big old pain. I mean, it's a lot of work. How many versions do you have in a hard drive? Like thirty? <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, the whole the whole thing is like twelve terabytes. Oh my gosh! For everything. What? What? Oh my god! Holy moly! <laughs> yeah, I, I swear. There's so there's you know uh, without. Without dialogue, yeah. In um, a twenty-three nine eight frames yeah. per second, and then there's a without dialogue in five, oh, and then a without out? dialogue in twenty nine nine seven. So you've got I basically had four yeah. files for each frame rate. Yeah. So that's twelve right there. Yeah. Um, and then you have your master files for English, yeah. which there's another three. Yeah. So yeah, there's like fifteen final deliverables plus you know a stack of paperwork that's got to go with. It. Oh my gosh. And then on top of that too, like, oh my, I just, my head's shaking right now because that's so many. <laughs> did, did you, did the file structure just go like final A, final B? Oh final my gosh. A few times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> final, final. Uh-huh. <laughs> the finalist of fucking finals. <laughs> <laughs> yep. A couple of times it did. Yeah. Cause, yeah. cause it always, um, you know, you'll, you'll watch through mm. and you know, if you, if you're, um, seriously doing it. Yeah, yeah. You're going to watch through every single deliverable, make sure there's nothing wrong before you send it out. Right? Yeah. So you're sitting there for yeah. two hours or an hour and a half at a time, yeah. just watching the <laughs> PAL version, watching the, the American. Yeah. yeah it's, do you have at least popcorn when you're watching these or do you actually have to like, <laughs> sit? I started out with popcorn yeah. or some sort of snack. Yeah. And then eventually I just, just stopped sitting there. I was like, just deadpan straight to the screen. Like, okay. Do you know yes, every line good. by heart now? Oh, pretty darn close. Oh man. That's pretty impressive. You now you start seeing yourself acting it out as well while watching I it. I could do a one act play for it. I yes. want to see this one action. person. Play. I, I, will, I will fund this one act play on stage. If you do this, <laughs> no, go, go and watch the film. Okay. I'm not going to do no, that. No, no, go, one, go and watch I, the film. I'll see it, but I'll want to see this one act play now. I mean, this is very, very sellable here. I think <laughs> a night, in the Christmas cabin with Derek Morrison. Oh my gosh. There you go. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, also about the, edit, you did the editing for that too. Yeah. So I okay. did, I did the editing and the color for that. Yeah. Um, what, anything you learned 
in the process of making a film of that nature besides the amount of different versions you need and the amount of paperwork you need? Um, just really the, I, I, it's, it made me step up my organization game a yeah. lot. Um, because while you think it's a simple love story, Christmas movie, yeah. we had some visual effects that had to go mm-hmm. to a vendor yeah. and that had to be sent out and come back and sent out and come back. Yeah. Um, so keeping your revisions mm-hmm. as far as your edits and as far as the, the visual effects yeah. revisions, the organization just has to be stepped up a whole another another did, level. Did you use Premiere for that? No, actually, that was uh, that was entirely cut on DaVinci Resolve. Oh wow! Okay, what made you choose DaVinci Resolve to edit that project? Uh, I had done I had just done Burrow on okay. Premiere. Okay, um, and I wanted to give Resolve a shot. Okay, um, I liked it more and more um, with some of the smaller projects we were mm-hmm. doing, and uh, it felt more along the lines of Final Cut 7, which is what I learned yeah. on. Yeah. Um, while I know the the window structure of Premiere is a lot more common yeah. to Final Cut 7, I felt like the um, Resolve gave you a little more intuitiveness mm-hmm. as far as kind of, you know, reading what, your mind as to what you want to do next. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. a lot more uh, shortcut friendly, I gotcha. think. Gotcha. Are you a shortcut key editor? I am getting more and more that way. Okay. Yeah. Are you thinking about getting that Resolve um, keyboard? Definitely. All? Definitely. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Tell me when you get it, because I would like to know your thoughts about okay. that. Okay. I'll yeah. do that. Uh, you know, I've, uh, funny, I wanted to go to Avid, actually, because um, mm-hmm. my premiere subscription ended in June. Okay. But because of the wonderful deal on Black Friday last year, for $20, $30 a month, I can get the whole creative suite. So I was like, might as well do that. Nice. So now I can't use Avid, because <laughs> I'm on pay for it right now. Yeah. <laughs> But why didn't you use Avid also for the? That's what I was coming to. Why don't you use Avid if I may ask? Because like Avid does have that uh, script sync too, which is pretty dope. It does. I have. I've looked into that. Um, the thing with Avid, and I'm. I know it's changed a lot, mm-hmm. especially since last NAB. Yeah. yeah. Which um, which we we had just finished the year prior. Mm. Um, we were editing. Yeah. Um, so the whole working with 8K Red, mm-hmm. working with the raw yeah. files. Um, was pretty important to us. Yeah, definitely. Um, where as far as, you know, Avid, I know you can work with Link AMA to mm. the raw files um, and everything, but I, I feel like the performance metrics between Avid and Resolve yeah. and Premiere, Pre- Resolve basically just uses all of your performance in your machine. Yeah. Um, I, I know Premiere has some sort of core limitation as far as the processor. Yeah. Um, and Avid, I know, has always been the staple in yeah, yeah. editing for, for the film industry. Um, but we just needed the performance, the raw performance, because we're shooting 8K on yeah. a red. And, like you what know, compression, like 8 to 1, 12 to 1, 5 to 1? For that one, we did we did 10, yeah. 10 to 1, and that's primarily what we stayed at. Is that because of um, for distribution purposes too as well, or is that just we can do whatever, you can do whatever you want in the film process? Um, that was, you know, staying at that compression just mm-hmm. was the, the right call as far as file size yeah. versus quality. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. It had nothing to do with anything okay. on the distribution. Okay. Side. Just wondering. Yeah. Um, and then also going back to DaVinci resolve, actually here's, it's a red question more or less actually too, than a resolve question. Um, is I don't use reds obviously much. You guys do, do you guys have to go through red, um, red cine X, right? Wasn't that what you had to do to like see the red raw or now can you just easily just bring them into like premiere resolve final cut and work in the metadata that way really really all the programs now have 
become very yeah. uh, raw friendly. Yeah, yeah. And what I'm, by raw, I mean just camera f- format mm. friendly. Except cin- Cinema DNG. <laughs> yeah, Cinema <laughs> DNG is rough. Yeah, I know. Um, That's why I don't really shoot raw at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, um, but I mean, you're talking about Cinema DNG from a Black Magic yeah, standpoint. Yeah. You know, Black Magic now has their Black yeah. BM raw, yeah, which, which is. A way better Which I can't way even of doing use it. on that thing. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. yeah whatever. Yeah. Um, I deal with my pain <laughs> separately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, with 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 resolve, it yeah. was it's very much it loves it, you know as the platform is built on using going back to the raw files, yeah, yeah. the original camera negatives. Yeah. Um. So the performance on it is just mm. fantastic. Yeah. Did you use Fusion at all too? To do anything visual effects wise in that? We didn't, no. Um the VFX guy we contracted with, he he used Fusion Studio. Okay. To make some some snow effects for us. Gotcha. Um, because we shot when it wasn't snowing and yeah, we yeah. needed it to snow. Where did I shoot that, by the way? Uh that was shot in uh Dustin and Kate's cabin up in Utah. Oh nice. Um and then we shot part of it here in Las Vegas. Yeah. And then a small diner scene was shot in Los Angeles. Okay, cool. I thought it was totally shot in like Mount Charleston or something like that. Wish it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. No, but the uh the timing worked out that uh, we had the location yeah. um and the snow was still up on the mountain. Yeah, yeah. So so we needed that. Uh like I wonder where I'm not gonna I mean just wondering where in Utah, like Duck Creek or like Salt Lake City, uh, Cedar uh, City, whatever. Right outside of St. George. Okay. I forget what it is. It's up by Brian Head. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Nice stuff. It's shit like that. So very cool. So then after Christmas Cabin, cabin, you guys are doing what then? So right now we've been uh, working on a film with a local director, Michael Montiero. Okay. Um, it's called To Kill a Cop. Okay. Um, and it's turning out really well right now. Nice. Um, How did you guys get that job? What 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 attracted you actually to do it as well? Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not privy on how the job came in, yeah. but I believe uh, we were just connected through a friend. Yeah. Um, and Michael came to us and was like, hey, yeah. I got this. The script, I've got some of a, mm. uh, a budget, yeah, yeah, and let's do it. Oh, cool. Um, so, so we've been working on that, and they're actually, I think today is another one of those uh, production days. Okay, cool. It's, it's been sp- spread out mm. over time, you know, doing yeah. a couple weekends here and there. And you're doing the editing as well, or just production? Yeah, I actually, I started the editing uh, not not long ago. Oh, nice. How's um, that going? Really well. Nice. Yeah, yeah. What, I'm what, loving loving the way the story's coming out. What um, what did you guys shoot on red? I'm guessing. Uh, it was shot on a mix of C200 and red. Oh, nice. How do you guys like the C200? Uh, it's a really nice camera. Yeah. Shooting that raw 4k raw. We are not shooting 4k raw. Actually, oh, okay. we're shooting, uh, uh, XAVC, XFAVC oh. on it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, the codec is, you know, yeah. Codec, when it comes to filmmaking, codec and editing is like mm. the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You want a high performing codec, which XFAVC is good enough. Yeah. Is that the 8-bit, though? It, isn't it 8-bit or is it 10-bit still? It's it's 8-bit 422, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Yes. So 422 color space. Yeah. Um, But only at 8 bits per channel. Okay. Gotcha. And then um, is that still easy on the color part of that, too? Or, I mean, I know 10-bit's always preferred and better. 10-bit is preferred. You don't yeah. get as much banding in the, you know, you mm. could take a, a single color wall and yeah. you can see gradients in yeah. the chunky blocks. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the way we've been filming with, with Canon log three, mm-hmm. um, it has really helped out and we don't have a lot of that yeah. going on. And 
there's ways to finesse it in in Resolve. And also, yeah, are you guys not shooting Apple uh, Apple ProRes Raw at all? Have you guys tried that? We actually haven't because uh, Apple ProRes Raw is only available in Final Cut Ten. Oh, okay. Yeah, they haven't. Uh, as far as I know, they haven't opened up. And this is we're recording pre-NAB. This pre-NAB. Yeah. We're all expecting it to actually be brought into Premiere and yeah. Resolve. It'd be a smart NAB. movie, you think, right? It would be, yeah. But obviously, I feel like it won't. It's like people saying like the A7S is going to come out this year. I'm like, guys. They've been saying that for the last two years. I know. That's why I've been telling people. I'm like, listen, <laughs> when it happens, I'll shake your hands. But like, right. when it, but it probably won't happen. Right. <laughs> Like the A7SR3 came out prior to the A7S3. I'm like, I think the A7SAR, whatever, AS73R, whatever right. it's uh-huh. called, came, it was like even before the, I don't even know. Like, the, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Guys, it's not happening. <laughs> it's not. I'm calling it now. Honestly, though, with what the, what cameras that did just get announced this past uh, couple months, yeah. uh, the Canon 5DX Mark yeah. III, amazing. Yeah. 5.5k 5. with built-in internal wow. raw in a dslr form factor i mean yeah that and i love that c500 mark ii looking the c500 smexy. mark ii with yeah. the full full frame as yeah. well yeah looking pretty smexy not mm-hmm. gonna lie and you guys have you guys tried that z cam stuff yet have you guys bought that at all i've, I've looked at the z cam yeah. um i have not actually dived deep into it yeah. it's it's interesting yeah the only thing i i'm you know hypercritical of being like yeah. color, color work is yeah. my, my favorite thing. So I'm hypercritical of what kind of color reproduction that they're the mm. camera sensors and the dynamic range yeah. that can be captured by the sensors. Mm. Um, and to me, I think the, the Z cam is probably right along the lines of where the a seven S Mark one was. Okay. Um, which was a great camera. Yeah. Um, are you looking at the Z cam 4k or the Z cam 6k, 8k one? Cause those have higher dynamic ranges in I think the 15 and 14 stops. I think the one I looked at was the 4K one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the look at the 6K and 8K one. They I think they have a little bit better range on them. The the tough part is is having a camera manufacturer tell you what the range is yeah. versus actually going out and you know Shooting. measuring yeah. the range on a chart. Yeah. Um. If you want to look at uh, Phil Holland, Phil okay. Holland does a lot of of scientific testing with with sensors. Yeah. Um. Look at what he does, and you know. That's that's what I look at yeah. as far as you know what what can it actually do what can yeah. it, how can it actually perform mm-hmm. um, the the one I'm more interested in right now is actually the Mavo LF from Kinefinity. Oh yes, I have. Um, you know, I had a guy on the podcast, Rafi Rivero. Have you ever heard of him? I heard of the name Rafi yeah, Rivero. He um he had the he had the Kinefinity LF his LF stolen actually. Oh no. Yeah, and he had a video. He was showing like it was called like Kinf- Mavo LF. Eulogy. I was like, oh, let me watch this. I was like, what is this video? Uh-huh. And it's basically him though talking about the camera, not really like giving a review on it. It's something totally different, but it's like the shots they was showing. I'm pretty sure from the camera and like his other Confinity too. Pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty, a really, really nice. nice camera. And they honestly. just lowered the prices too. Yes, they just dropped it four thousand dollars on but, the the yeah. LF. Yeah, but still, it's still a lot of money because you still need to buy the pieces for it. Right, just you're, like in the camera, you're looking at eleven thousand for the body, and then yeah. you know maybe another four thousand on yeah. top of that. I mean, I'd love to see the comparison actually with that and the red. Me too. Yeah, uh, you know, with with the large format full, mm-hmm. and I say full frame, it's it's mm-hmm. you know photography twenty four yeah. millimeter by thirty six millimeter yeah. full frame. Uh, those LF sensors are becoming more and more popular. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm I'm more of a. I mean, full frame is great, but it's still Super Thirty Five is where originally uh, film is for me, and I feel right. like when people like go, "Hey, I want full frame over Super Thirty five I'm like, "Well, what? Why? Why? We've been shooting Super Thirty Five for over a hundred years. I know, I know how people are complaining about it. It, it which is funny, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what? Well, what, what, what's full frame going to give you? It's like, oh, more depth of field. I'm like, Super 35. I can, you, I can achieve that same yeah. depth of field on Super 35. Just you give want, me the chance just, to do it. Yeah, just if you want a 35 actual full frame like look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little different, but all you have to do is step three feet back and you get the 35 millimeter. Right. Think about it, right? Like, yep. It's something simple like that. And, it's, it's, and also like storytelling. It's really about storytelling when you're making the films. Right. And that's what people don't get either. I get that. I get that when uh, when somebody comes ask me, ups and asks me, yeah. you know, why you shoot eight K or why do you yeah. shoot six K or four oh, K? Why do you shoot eight K? Let me ask you that. No, a serious question. I'm just. <laughs> cur- I'm just curious. Why would you pick eight K when you know six K is still acceptable in a certain aspect? Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um. Honestly, we're just trying to stick with the trends. Yeah. Um. Really, because uh, resolution doesn't matter yeah yeah. it really doesn't yeah no i I, um so you know the the camera shoots 8k Mm. so we shoot 8k um but it's it's we chose the camera because we like the image it it makes doesn't matter the resolution yeah gotcha would you would you recommend someone getting an 8k camera starting out though (laughs) if you're just starting out no yeah use the camera you have yeah you got an iphone (laughs) there's a way to make an iphone look like yeah. Like cinematic. There's ways of making like DSLRs make look cinematic too. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, you can go out and get a, a used T5i or T Rebel, you know, a Canon Rebel camera. Yeah. And you, right there, you've got exactly. Super 35. Yeah. <laughs> it's in your hands. Yeah. For yeah. a couple hundred dollars. Or you can get even a, you can even probably get a 5D Mark II. Yes. If you really want to, if you want a full frame, yeah, if you want 5D frame. Mark II, that's what I started yeah. on. I remember yeah. when that was a big thing when that came out. Oh my oh gosh. Man, huge. That, and then, Vincent LaFerre was like the first person to ever show anything on it. And oh yeah. he like that was when everyone knew his name. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure people knew his name before then, but I remember um when the five D three uh Mark Three came out, like I feel like the five D two went like this, and then the five D Mark Three kinda went whoop. A little <laughs> like, bit. Yeah, because like it didn't do much though to what yeah. they want what people were asking for, like a ten eighty P actual sensor from it, but it was the same 720p technical sensor i think like if you shoot dslr as well i was told when the canon cameras at the time they weren't picking up a full 1080p image they just said it was off the sensor but it was technically 720 it'll say 1080 but it was just a stretch 720 image or something like that i i can go into a lot of technical things yeah if you really listeners really wanted to but uh (laughs) um the early DSLRs, I what you're saying yeah. sounds right because yeah. the image off of them was so what I call yeah. muddy. Yeah, I, yes, it was. So, so what you're saying makes sense if it was a 720 scaled up to yeah. 1080. Oh my gosh! And even the 70, remember the 70? The 70 was those shit too. Yeah. Yes, the 70 and 5G were the two big, two biggest things ever. I feel like yeah. you know, like that that uh-huh. 2000 what 11, 2012 year. Yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember all my friends had 70s. And I was oh. like, I was the only one with a 5D Mark II. Full frame, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> See this? <laughs> I'm 5D. doing real cinema over yeah. here. Oh man, that was. Do you feel like that um, DSLR age kind of weaned down a little bit too? It did. And yeah. then the GH5 and GH4 came I out. I hate the GH4 and I hate the GH5. That's just my personal opinion. 
Again, that's everyone's opinion. <laughs> right. Um, but as soon as um, all these camera manufacturers, yeah. the DSLR manufacturers, saw that there was such a large video market, independent mm-hmm. video market, yeah, um, they started tailoring their designs and new camera lines mm-hmm. to cater to the, that market. Gotcha. Um, that's when I think the DSLR craze is finally gone. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I had the 5D Mark II, I mean, you could, sh- sure, you could shoot yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Videos. Yeah, yeah, put that loosely. Films. Films. <laughs> um, you could shoot them, but you, you, you know, you had yeah. to buy a, a cage, a yep. rig, a map box, yep. uh, lenses, focus, too. lenses. Yeah. And, you know, at the time, there wasn't any cinema glass, yeah. you know, That's cinema true. glass yeah. that is made out of everyone, metal. Every, with every, <laughs> Everyone's getting the 24 to 70 uh, Canon. Yes. T2.8. And I was like, That's the best lens ever. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes, I remember that. I had one of those. Because um, uh, that, that's what came, that was the kit lens. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was great. But, you know, if you're, if you're getting, if, if you want to take it to the next level and get yeah. serious. Yeah. You know. That's when the Rokinons came out. We're like, hey, we're going to put focus gears yeah. and manual iris. And then they had to make the fo- uh, Rokinon Cine DS instead of the Cine. Right. He's messed up technically because of the fo- gears. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> what a what a time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we, now we got uh, nearly every new cinema lens has yeah. a Canon mount yep. possibility for yeah. it. Yeah. Or yeah. Now, uh, Micro Four Thirds is becoming popular too, which I, I don't understand how that craze became popular uh, i don't either but still i i would never use a micro four thirds yeah, mount same. on a cinema lens i wouldn't either you can you can get a micro four thirds to pl or a micro four thirds yep. to canon and just use that what if someone got a micro uh, a canon to micro four thirds mount for the canon lens oh, man if they ever made such a thing if that would made- be ridiculous <laughs> I wonder what that image would look like. Actually, like, would it be like narrow as shit? Like, would it be zoomed in, punched well, in? Like, well, what you'd see if if you weren't able to crop your yeah. sensor down, um, you'd see a full circle, yeah. and it, it basically your image would fade off into black. Oh my gosh! So you'd actually see that. Yeah, Holy that's shit. what you'd see. <laughs> and so you you basically, if you're recording 1080p <laughs> yeah. or 4K on a DSLR. Basically, you got to take your 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 image and you got to yeah. scale all the way down into that, which might be lower than 720p if you're <laughs> with your finished product. Get the tapes out, right? <laughs> Let's just go back to VHS. Oh my god, I'll never forget too when I when DSLR got huge. I just got like a GL2, mm. so I had that was that. a great camera. Yeah, and then and then like, or I'm sorry, when DSLR was starting to get huge, is like three years prior, I got like a GL2, mm. and now I'm like, I get a can. SLR now because that's the new thing, right? And I'm like, I got a 60D. I'm cool. Look, look, if you're if you're listening and you have a camera and you think you gotta have the next one, you don't. What you need to do is you just need to go out and you need to shoot more. Yeah, and get some lenses. Maybe invest in the lens, right? Uh, what goes in front of your sensor is mm-hmm. way more important than yeah. what your sensor actually is. Yeah, especially if you uh, not telling people to do this, but if you if you got like a DSLR, like we're saying, you don't have to upgrade the body, like we're saying. Get like the Rogan on CDS pack. Right. Go from uh you know uh, the nifty fifty. Yeah. Go from your nifty fifty. Yep. Go get a, a Rokinon fifty. Yep. And you'll change your life. Yes. Yes. You, yes. You will. Oh, good memories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now, um, also going back, going back to our journey because we do got on tangents in the we show. We did. We did. It's all good. It happens, but it's it's technical tangents that I think people can find very helpful to understand as well too. I really hope but, so. Yeah. I, I think so. I think everyone. I think everyone who's kids on the show has great information to give out, no matter what what they're saying. Honestly, mm. um, 
going going also back to you, I think you guys did. Didn't you guys do classmates with Steve Krasner? So yeah, with Steven, um, yeah. we did class acts. Oh, class acts. Sorry, class acts too, mm-hmm. and uh, love Trump's hate yeah. with Steven. So how'd you guys get him? Like you know, come in along on that guy. Steven had come in uh, for an audition, mm-hmm. I think for one of the Michael Mahal films. Okay. Um, so he came in throughout for an audition, and then he got to talking with Dustin, mm-hmm. and you know, he had a couple of scripts ideas, yeah. and then. Uh, yeah, he just wanted to do them. He wanted to start out. He yeah. wanted to do his first film. Um, so we did class acts with yeah. him, um, which was, which was honestly really fun. Yeah. yeah. What was it, so fun about it? Uh, just the comedy. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, okay. it was always, always something funny going on. <laughs> yeah. Always a plus, right? Cause I mean, it's all about class acts. Yeah. So, yeah. Very nice guys are class acts. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. So you did that also when, when that, when was that happening between, um, Burrow and, uh, Christmas Kevin? Uh, no, class acts, class, class acts was, um, sorry, that was way back. Be- that was before Immortal Wars. Actually. Wow. So we were skipping around hardcore. We, we have skipped. Yeah. So yeah. Timeline. We are just all over the place. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit difficult to keep some stuff in order. Yeah. Yeah. It always uh, is. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like you have so much, you guys are probably doing so much that you can't remember everything. I mean, we're doing quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and you know, we're, we're trying to keep everything in our brains yeah. in order. Just. <laughs> You know, just as you organize everything on the edit, on the edit, yep. <laughs> Organizing your brain, and then you know we're we're heavily integrating yeah. into uh, the new Google Google Clouds okay. services and stuff. Okay, um, which you know helps us keep organized. Oh yeah, definitely. Do you guys use Slack at all, or Basecamp, or S- any of those things? Slack is our yeah. number one communication. Program. Well, it's a wonderful yeah. communication. I love Slack. I try to get people on Slack, but no one like ever listens to me. I'm like, you guys would love Slack, it's, right? Use it. It's it's basically Facebook without a wall. Yeah, it is. It's and also you can get into different channels and stuff like that. So you don't have to see everything because right. sometimes some text message groups. I'm like, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. We we've stopped using uh, text messaging yeah. as far as communicating about yeah. work. We have like a hashtag post production, hashtag production, hashtag like maybe projects or something like that. Yep. Pretty yeah. much every project has its own okay. hashtag room. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and then, you know, the people associated with mm. that project get added to that yeah. room. So you can, you can segment out who get, who can mm. see what and who actually really needs to know. Yeah, definitely. What. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you don't want someone so to see it or something like that too. Yeah. Um, so going also forward then in time. So what are you guys doing now? Well, like right now, like I was saying, we're doing yeah. the to kill a cop with yeah, yeah. Michael. Besides that. Um, sorry. Uh, we have an ongoing thing with Amazon Web Services. Mm-hmm. We do their "This Is My Architecture" oh, nice. uh, a couple times a year. Okay, um, and uh, we're just doing a little, little small jobs here and yeah. there. We got uh, Nick Carter coming into the studio tomorrow. Actually, the Backstreet Boy. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's coming in to do a uh, uh, something for uh, Cure for the Kids Foundation. Oh, cool. Which That's is awesome. a great foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but are you guys going to be working also on another like a Quantum Arc, you know, in-house movie again? When do you guys have any ideas or plans on that? We have uh, a couple of, uh, we have a couple of ideas going yeah. around. Um, nothing I can comment on yet. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just wondering, just wondering, do you play the fifth? I, I, <laughs> and then, um, we're now at the second part of the conversation we usually have in this, in this podcast. We, we passed the journey and now it's about the community. Cause I'm trying to figure out this community. Okay. I'm trying to figure out like, what. There's this community is weird. I like to say, and a lot of people have agreed with me on this too. You don't have to agree with me on anything I say. You can just it's your opinions, your thoughts, your views. You know, your vote. I think okay. views, opinions, and thought. Mm. So, 
what are the strengths of this community? What are the weaknesses of this community? And what can we do to get to the next level? Let's start with the positives because strengths are always a positive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of ambitious people okay. in, this, in this community. A lot of mm-hmm. ambitious uh, directors and, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of people, a lot of crew, honestly. There's, there's been quite a bit of crew that have been around, whether it's coming from UNLV mm-hmm. or just local people like yeah. uh, uh, Rich Hopkins or yeah. uh, Josh Cohen. or you know, There's just a lot of people out there that mm-hmm. that's they're really skilled at what they do. Yeah. Um, uh, the, there's, there's a lot of niche groups. Yeah. Like, uh, any film factory for one. Yeah. They just did, I forget what their, is it Annab- not Annabelle? Not Annabelle. I think it was Annabelle. Is horror what, film? Is that their new horror film? I think that's what it's called. I think. Okay. I'm actually seeing Kelly Friday. I didn't ask him. I'll okay. No, I'll give you the, I'll give you the actual oh, title. Yeah. So, like, you got Kelly Schwartz doing yeah. a, a film there, and yeah. then Michael Mahal yeah. and Sonny Mahal, they're doing... Uh, Whatever movie they're doing next. Yeah, they're, they're fundraising for their film. Yeah. Um, so you got a lot of projects going on around yeah. around town, uh, and the community's, you know, always behind yeah. doing more projects locally. Yeah. Um, but would you see that, because you say there's these niche groups, and, like, I'll just bring it to a weakness that people have mentioned a lot on this show. Um, they feel that the community here is fractured, and you know, feels like a clickish in a sense where everyone's fractured. Yes, uh, you know, coming in only being here for five years—that's yeah. that's kind of what I see too. Okay. Um, so again, guys, after forty-six episodes plus, where everyone's saying the same thing who's been on the show from Vegas. So I'm I'm just throwing this out there. <laughs> I have said it a hundred times. I feel like, but if it's if people and we never talked about this prior. We no, never had we have not. Had Again, I have to about preface this. this also with people because people, I feel like people don't believe me after a while. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? No, I feel very yeah. on the spot right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Again, uh, you can plead the fifth if you wanted to. There's no, you don't have to say anything incriminating. No, I, I, I won't. Um, no, there's, there's definitely, you know, there's uh, a couple of teams around town that, uh, you know, we, we don't yeah. like to say that we specify in yeah. doing one genre of work yeah. over the other, but there's definitely quite a few that that's, that's mm-hmm. all they do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, like take MG studios for one. Yeah. Um, Mike Gaskell over there. He's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, known him for a while. Uh, but you know, they like to do more of the actiony, mm-hmm. you know, camera moves, yeah, yeah. you know, stuff. Thing. So like, if you want to get into, you know, doing a high, like high impact commercial, mm. I'd go to Mike Gaskell. Yeah. Um, if you want to do a, an independent film, I would, you know, I'd come to us, yeah. Quantum Arc or any film factory. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think, I think I would agree with your previous guest that there, there is a fractured uh, community here. Yeah. We all like to see each other yeah. Um, yeah, succeed mm-hmm. and everything. We're all happy for each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he, there's, there's been, you know, these, these film group events, mixers. Yeah. And every time I go to one, like I see the same know, person, the same people yeah. all I, the time. Yeah. I mean, I only been to one. Uh, it was, I'll, I'll name it. It was the one Remember the Mahal one for Rod Sterling, Rod Sterling, Rod's Rod uh, Vegas, Rod, whatever his name is. Yes. But, um, wow, that was a long time. Yeah. A long time ago. It's the only one I've ever been to, but I felt very like, like I didn't want to go to another one after that because, um, you know, it was like, Hey, put your name down, put your address, put the whole like, you know, info down. Like, okay, hey, we'll, we'll email you. We'll text you, whatever it is later on. Right. So why are you asking for my email number? 
yada, yada, yada. And then no one ever contacted me. So I was like, well, I don't feel That's like. That's a little strange. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, then uh, let's not let's not go to these again because. Well, I just had a bad taste I think, in my mouth. I think that's a one-off, honestly. Yeah. Um, you should definitely go to uh, one of the mixers that uh, yeah. Danette Toll from okay. the Nevada Film Office hosts. Okay. I think she's trying to host more mm. every year. I think she does two, yeah. two right now. And uh, you won't you won't really find um, that kind of style. Yeah. You go up, you go, you show up, you, okay. you, you, you mingle, yeah, yeah. you find some new crew members, yeah. find out some, some production companies that you didn't know of. Mm-hmm. Like I, uh, I met Ugu Productions at oh, okay. one of them. I didn't even know Ugu Who's was yeah, exactly. was a thing in town. <laughs> um, no, but they're the it's a it's a couple guys. Yeah. You know, they got a little office, but they they do a lot yeah. of the promotional content for mm. Aria or Cosmopolitan. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, and they you know they do some fantastic fantastic work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, going back to strengths too. So mm. you talk the mixers. You're saying there's a strength then. Yes. Okay. Honestly, yeah, the the ones that Danette Toll puts mm. together from the film office, yeah, yeah. um, definitely go. Yeah. Yeah. If if you get a chance to. Anything else that's a strength? No, nothing. No, okay. No. Okay. Now we'll go to weaknesses. Uh some weaknesses I see are knowledge. Knowledge. Okay. Knowledge is I think is a big one. That's a, I think that's the first on the on the show. No one ever mentioned knowledge. Yeah, I think uh you know the the companies that are around and the people mm. who who do this on a yeah. regular basis, we have uh uh knowledge of how like an order of operations of how things, you know, yeah. should be done yeah. to to be done, you know, in a timely manner and properly. Yeah, exactly. Um so I think the the difficulty the, or the weakness is educating clients mm. and and other local community yeah. members um, about how to get things done yeah, yeah. right. Understandable. Cause I feel yeah. like everyone doesn't know anything. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know a, a lot of people who have come through the door. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the processes we, we talk to them about yeah. it's sometimes it's the first time they're hearing it. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, they, they say they've been in, you know, the, the doing films for a while. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's new to them. Don't you like those people that say they've been doing films for a while. They think they know everything and then they really don't know anything. <laughs> They're the best people to know. <laughs> well, honest, honestly, you know, it 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 kind it, it's kind of true. Yeah. Um, because you have the opportunity to educate them as to yeah. to the right processes of how yeah, to do things. Definitely. I just yeah. laughed because I thought it was pretty funny how you answered that. <laughs> uh, what what other weakness do you think you see? Then you see through your eyes in the community. There are some um, post production. Honestly, is a mm. large weakness here. Yeah, yeah. We have the last I heard, there was one post production, like dedicated post production facility. Eight oh eight and heart. Uh, I was gonna say eight oh eight oh eight and heartbreaks was eight oh eight and post, right? Eight oh eight and post. Yeah. I don't think that uh, they're in existence anymore. Oh, really? I, I I don't know. I have no I, idea. I've asked a, a couple of people about them. Yeah, yeah. Um, some say that the the guy the mm. the owner is still around, but okay. the the company overall is interesting. You know something. I, weren't they like around by the Raider Stadium? Their yeah, headquarters was the last I heard. Yeah, because I think I passed by it once or twice, maybe. Because uh-huh. uh, um, where where I go for work, when when we drop off fleet vehicles at work, yeah, I think it's around, it was around that area, if I'm not mistaken. So I passed by it either through work or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but I think that we don't have a post production mm-hmm. company here yeah. that can that 
could do every service as yeah. far as you know, visual effects, editing, delivery, yeah. you know, making all the everything. Um, we have a couple of uh, audio companies here yeah. um, that are, that are really good. Um, but yeah, something, yeah. something that, <clears throat> something that has to do with post-production would, would benefit the community. Yeah. I think. But what about you guys? You guys do post-production though? We, we do do post-production. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, we have a team of four or five now yeah. that do post-production mm-hmm. effects and audio. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'd say we're, we're trying to fill that gap. Yeah. Um, to some some degree of success. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Anything else to weakness wise? Yes. Another weakness is just a soundstage. Okay. Yeah. We don't a, have a soundstage here. That is. I mean, that's a good weakness. That's a that's a that's good a, exa- <laughs> good example or a good yeah. point. We have we have a, you know a couple of places yeah. like Mojave Studios is trying. They're trying to convert. That? That's. Uh, never, I never heard of them. I'm just sorry. So Mojave Studios is I think Eastern mm-hmm. and Charleston area. Okay. Somewhere around there. Uh, that sounds familiar. Like thinking about the area. Okay. There's, there's a giant like a uh, factory or uh, storage area that, they're, yeah. that they're converting into pseudo sound stages. Okay. Um, we shot there for the, uh, J Balvin bad bunny music video that okay. came through town. Nice. Um, I mean, their, their place is nice, but again, they're converting something. Yeah. They're converting a warehouse. Yeah. Which um, would be more money to probably convert than probably to make one from the ground up. I probably, yeah. I, I mean, we, we've, we've definitely done some, some research into, into mm. that. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's costly. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, you also have the Caesars, uh, entertainment, uh, tent. Where's that at? Is, is that at Caesars? Cause that's I, right on the east side of Bali's. Okay. Okay. Uh, there they oh, they okay. shoot quite a bit of game show stuff. Yeah, with, I think with my Caesar's Entertainment. went to uh, that Who Wants to Be a Millionaire once there. Yeah, yeah, that used to shoot there. I think yeah. that's gone now. Um, but they're doing some other uh, competition shows. Yeah. Um, from I heard from a couple of people that that shoot there that the, the difficulty with that is it's not again soundproof. Yeah, it's a tent. Yeah, um, that's not helpful. No, they've they've insulated it and you yeah. know the sound is reduced, but. Uh-huh. You've got a street right outside of it, and a very you've busy got street. a very busy street, and you have uh, the uh, uh, Grand Canyon Tour helicopters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That fly right overhead. Dude, anywhere you go here, there's a there's a plane. Flying there's always overhead. something. Yeah, like yeah. when I lived here, I lived across the. Street. I used to live across the street uh, at this other at the Bristol's. Um, and goddamn, the planes just flying overhead every day. Yeah, and like I, and like behind here also, there's this like very nice desert deserted area where you can kind of see a strip. And we shot a music video there once, and like just plane after plane, plane. after plane after mm-hmm. plane. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like we gotta wait ten minutes. Yep. All right, we're good. Hurry up. Oh, I hear another one coming yeah. around the coming around the mountain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not even through the mountain, just through the valley. <laughs> right. Yeah, we had that same issue with our yeah. first little little space as well. Is yeah, is literally right in the flight path of the landing yeah. strip. And so. you guys aren't in the flight path now. No, we're actually offset by a mile. Oh, good. So it's good. very very reduced. Is it very? It's very faint then. Yeah, yeah. I can barely hear it when oh. we're in the studio. <laughs> like phew. Yep. Thank God. <laughs> Any other weaknesses? Anything else you're seeing that? Um, I, I think the, another weakness would be just, um, getting some sort of, of job list board, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. knowledge of what's coming into the city and the state. Yeah. Um, 
the film office, you know, tries to do a really good job of registering projects that come in, mm-hmm. um, especially out of state projects. But yeah. there's a lot of people who come from LA that just come in and they shoot. Yeah. You know, the, the job's done before you even knew it came yeah, into yeah. town. That's true. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, let me ask you this one. Uh, I think if you take a pie chart, right. Mm-hmm. It's about actors and actresses in the community. I think, I think 80 to 90% of the actors here aren't great actors, actors, and they're just saying they're actors and stuff like that. Then you have a good 10 to 20% that are actually really trying. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? From what I've seen, I would have to agree. Okay. Do you think that, I mean, I, I think that hurts the community personally. I think it, I mean, it, it honestly does. Yeah. Um, the acting pool here is decent, mm-hmm. but it's not great. Yeah. It's not like LA. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And what about Florida? Let me ask you that. Cause you're, you know, being from Florida, being going to Florida. Yeah. Florida. We had, um, at full sale specifically, mm-hmm. we had casting every weekend. Yeah. So you had a ton of actors who would come through and cast and cast and yeah, cast. Yeah. And over time, even if they didn't get cast for the role, yeah. they just got better Yeah. better where uh, we don't have, we don't really have that here. We don't have a lot of, you know, continuous castings every weekend. Yeah. Also, I think to the hustle here is different than it is in Florida or LA. Yes. You know, anywhere else that's a major metropolitan city too. Yeah. And you got to look at the, the Las Vegas strip. Yeah. All the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, there's tons of actors mm-hmm. and, and actresses here in Las Vegas, but they're, you know, tailored towards yeah those uh, acrobatic and stage acting, mm-hmm. um, which can be a good thing. Yeah. But I haven't seen it. I've seen other stage acting cities yeah. that uh, you've got actors who come in, but yeah. you can and you can dial them down. Yeah. yeah. Where where some of the actors who come through, um, they just always stay stage acting. Yeah. It's that it's that big expressions, and you can't really, yeah, like you said, dial it down. Right. Yeah. That's. Mm. Yeah, because when when you get into filmmaking, it's all about the minute. Yeah. Expressions on your it, face and everything. Pick it up. Right. A lot more. Yeah. Um. And then also, here's another one too, is uh, I think, this is just me, I think there's too many fucking film festivals out in Vegas, personally. Let's see, we've got the Las Vegas Queer Arts Film Festival, the uh, Damn Shorts Film Festival, Las Vegas Film Festival. um, Action on Film Festival. Action on. I mean, personally, because I think there's two, I mean, I I always use the Action on Film one as the example. I'm waiting for them to give me a cease and desist letter right by now, by the time this episode (laughs) comes out, probably sooner. But basically, I I always like, because again, I see that one because I use this example. It's like, you see this film festival. I mean, I know Burrow was in it. I know Mm -hmm. it won the awards, but as a filmmaker, I think I don't want to be locally to show my films. I want to, I mean, if you do, yeah, that's cool, but also push yourself to go outside. Yes. I think that's the thing because a lot of people who do it just locally aren't doing it outside as well. And also like you take, again, take the best da- um, action on the film is that I've seen nominations for like categories with like two people in it, three people in it out of a five or six right. person. I'm like, you won this award and there's only three people signed up. Obviously it's an easy win for you. Most likely, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just like, you're not pushing yourself. You're not trying to get to that next level. I feel like if you're just going to be like Vegas, Local stuff, the local, and again, the local talent isn't the best talent. I, I think t- personally, but between me and my opinion, I don't okay. think it's the best things I'm seeing. A lot of the stuff I'm seeing is not great. So I'm again going outside of those comfort zones of those other states. Right. Yeah. What we're seeing is not what it could be. Yeah. 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 Definitely. It's a lot. I mean, right. I've seen. I, you know, I've like, seen films. You know, that have come to our local yeah. festivals that are from 
uh, Utah, or yeah. even but, even international. But that makes that makes sense because like it's international, it's from a different state. But I'm saying like locally, in general, I think local film is also like taking going back to action on film. Someone was telling me like their film got messed up there. Like their it got ejected during the movie. It was a uh, Adriel Roman and their. Uh, home movie oh no yeah like he got ejected mid thing they gave him the wrong date but like there's a whole and there's 15 festivals going on at the same time apparently oh, all wow. that film festival is going on because there's an international one an italian one like a whole bunch of shit so like i don't know it's just it's just me and my opinion on the whole thing well I, there's there's a there's a portion of it i agree yeah. with and yeah. and that is um if you do too much yeah you're gonna do do a lot of things good yeah but if you if you narrow it down, you're gonna do a couple of things great. Yeah. So like yeah, if we if we were to narrow it down, have like this, you know, really really great prestigious film festival, yeah. um, that would be a lot better. Because yeah. then you're like, okay, well now I'm competing with, you know, films from Asia yeah. or films from you know New anywhere, York, yeah. anywhere else. I'm not just competing against you know local people, local people that I already know. Yeah. You know that's and, and also and I don't want to compete with. With my friends. Yeah. And also like I'm seeing these festivals and I feel really bad for these people because like no one's at these films. I'm seeing pictures yeah, the, and I'm like, all right, like local people coming is yeah, not nothing. It's not helpful. I mean, again, that's why I'd rather just send it to Ohio because I don't have to be there. But if four people saw it, that's four more people than maybe out in Vegas. Because like, right. if you're seeing this with five people and it's all five people who are in the film, why? Why try? Well, I mean, that's there's two things with that is yeah. that uh, we're a visitor state. Yeah, no, they transient. You know, so, yeah. so visitors come in; they're not here to see film festivals. Yeah. They're go, they're here to see shows on the strip mm-hmm. or go gamble, um, have, have fun tourist things. Exactly. Yeah. Being tourists, and then the other thing is all the local mm. people here that live here. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, not really. You know, film festivals is not the first thing they're going to do yeah. on a Saturday or Friday night. Definitely. Even but even for a local community in general, like you know, we're not there. And, right, know, even the the film community as a whole yeah. should show up to these things. Yeah, but also again, it goes back to that whole thing that we were saying when I told you about being fractured. I mean, I, sometimes I can't go to these things. I work four a.m. to one p.m., so mm-hmm. I it's hard for me to like go at seven o'clock at night to a film festival because I'm like I gotta go to bed in like two hours, right, or whatever it is. Like, and all I mean too um, about the about the film festivals is like I'm hearing I hear things about it. You know, you can't show your film anywhere else. You can't show your thing here or there. And if you're if you're if you have a film festival and you're in it and only, you know, the cast and crew are in it, why not? Why just go post it on YouTube? There's a higher chance of you having a hundred views than having like a hundred people going to this film festival, to see your movie, you know, or yeah. 10,000 people. Maybe you don't know how, what's going to happen. You, you never know. You never Take know. a look at, um, uh, red hood. Yeah. That, that short film, mm-hmm. you know, blew up. Yeah. It's great. If, if they had just kept it and, you know, you know, for themselves yeah. to the local local mm. film festival, yeah, probably you wouldn't have yeah. ten million views on it. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. No, I think that the along those lines, I think it's about risk. Yeah. Okay. You know, having you know having the 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 guts to go out and take a risk and sending it, yeah. you know, to the New York Film Film Academy Film Festival yeah. or whatever. Um, you know, doing that um, is also. Probably something that that might be. Mm. I mean, I I can only speak for no yeah. one myself. Yeah. It's yourself, but uh, yeah, like getting the guts to go out and show your work. I mean, you're making your work. Yeah. To be seen. Yeah. You know, put it out there as many places as you can. Don't just yeah. do it locally. I agree, and 
Another thing is to my part of the weaknesses I see, I'll ask you finish up on yours as well too. So you have some more thoughts about it is, you know, I think a lot of people work with the same people. I'm well, no, there's actually two more thoughts. That's one of them. People work with the same people. I think, I mean, I don't think it helps growth in the community. I think like, again, I like to say like, if me and you were working together, I would love to work with you all the time, but I have to sometimes branch off mm-hmm. and work with someone else mm-hmm. to learn their, you know, little things about them and more about learn about more people that way. And like how they, how I can work with other people. And then when I come back to you, I grow and I learn more and we can teach each other more. What, what do you think about that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely expand your, have your, you seen your network that in the community. Do you feel like a lot of people work with the same? I'm again, I'm, 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 I'm privy to this. I admit to this. Do you see that as well? Well, I, I definitely do. And I, I think that is, um, also, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're also, you know, Quantum Mark Media is another company that, yeah. that that's what we do as well. I mean, we try to expand and, and yeah. bring on new people. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a, a couple of interns that we're trying mm-hmm. out and that's, you know, that's yeah. how we expand is through our internships. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm definitely seeing, you know, working with the, almost the same actors every mm-hmm. time, yeah. you know, going to the, the same, you know, same crew is not bad. If you got yeah. a crew that works, that's yeah. fine. But, you know, try to expand, bring in more people, mm. learn from other people. Yeah. Um, especially if, you know, you have the opportunity to bring a new transplant into the city yeah. in. Um, yeah, the, definitely. Uh, the expanding is not happening. Yeah. And then my, my other point, uh, my last one on my weaknesses is I think, and again, I'm, I'm privy, this is, I, I, I account for this too, is that I see a lot of projects. People are saying they're doing a lot of projects and then either you never hear about them again Mm-hmm. Or you see them two years later and, you know, it's like a trailer and you're like, wait, wait, didn't you guys finish filming this already? So, I mean, that's, I think a weakness as well. <clears throat> Definitely is a weakness. It's more common than I've seen than usual. Yeah. Um, then in like Florida or like, you know, anywhere else. I mean, honestly, I think it's everywhere. Yeah. Okay. It, honestly, it's, it's everywhere. Um, <clears throat> I've seen, you know, back in Florida, I saw a ton of projects come you know, like we're going to do this and, you know, we're going to shoot a short film mm. and it's going to go here and there and there. And then, you know, it never yeah. gets done. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, I can say that about myself too. Yeah. I've done many projects yeah. that, that haven't got off the ground. Yeah. And uh, an example would be shadows. Shadows yeah. was, you know, we had to build our knowledge yeah. base to make that happen. And now we're finally, you know, about to finish that up mm-hmm. in probably the next couple of months. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, well, by the time this is out, it should be out then. Yes. So yes. I'll hold you to it. <laughs> great <laughs> now i've got a goal okay that's good but um, people goals on the show that's my job right <laughs> and and that might be the thing is that people aren't setting these goals for themselves mm-hmm. to finish their project yeah you know um i can i can count two of them yeah that that uh, have come across my desk that um not while not being our project have you know gone so far yeah. and then gone away yeah whether that be a funding thing or just an interest thing i don't yeah. know um but yes that is a that is a a plague in the filmmaking industry is yeah. doing something and you know it could be that the, the project is on a scale that's too big for yeah. them to accomplish yeah, and that like, that's some that's some of the problems yeah, is we're true. creators so we create with our minds something mm-hmm. amazing like yeah. we want to create the next avengers film mm-hmm. but we might not have the resources to go out and do that. Yeah. Yeah. That is very true. Yeah. I wish I had the resources. That would be amazing. I think everyone does. Uh, Any other weaknesses you see? 
Uh, touched on touched on the job board. Mm-hmm. Touched on studio space. Um, I think I think the other the uh, one other thing would be last thing or uh, the last thing yeah. would be uh some sort of platform. Okay. Um, where we where you were talking about the film festivals yeah. as one, but I think it would be great to have a local platform mm-hmm. that the filmmaking community can, can yeah. come to see other people's projects. Isn't that what they're doing with like a Vegas TV or whatever it's called with that Ken Johnson guy? Uh, Have you heard about that? I vaguely <coughs> remember something about that. Okay. If, 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 he's, if that's what he's doing, that's yeah. great. Yeah. That'd be really cool to yeah. have a, an outlet locally that we mm-hmm. could, we could put out yeah, our yeah. content on. Yeah. That would be great. I think someone should do that. To be honest, I agree with you completely. Uh, what do you think we should do to get to the next level then? Well, I think what we need to do is come together as a, a film community. Mm-hmm. Like one of the biggest things, if we want to bring in larger jobs from out of state, Los Angeles, you know, the huge content boom is here now. Yeah. Um, what we need to bring that in is a space yeah. for them to, to film at. Yeah. So we need to, you know, work on, come together as a community and actually build a a soundstage somehow. Do you have your ideal space planned out in your head? Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I can, I, I can say that. Uh, can, can you give me a rundown of it? Is it possible? Well. Do I have to close my eyes to think about this? Uh, actually I can't, I can't, I can't, I have to plead the fifth on this. Okay. All um, right. That's fine. There, you know, a couple months back, Quantum Arca announced with. You're going too far. You're, you're just in the pleading the fifth part. <laughs> well, no, I can say this okay. part. I can say this part. <laughs> uh, a couple months back, uh, Quantum Arc Media announced that, uh, we were looking at building a, a soundstage, yeah. a couple oh, of sound I, stages I you here. I kind of mentioning it to me, uh, when we went, when I filmed that Michael thing. I yes. think you mentioned something like along those lines. Yeah. So, so you know, <coughs> we, Sorry. as a company, we've been putting in a lot of research and yeah. uh, investing a lot of time in how we can bring that to Las Vegas. Gotcha. Um, there's been some stumbling blocks along the way, which yeah. with a- any a- project a- yeah. there is. Um, so hopefully maybe by the mm. time this, this podcast comes out, either us or someone else will yeah. have done this. Sweet. Um, and that's, that's all I can say on it. All right. So hopefully it happens. All right. Fifth is pled till, Whenever this is out. Yeah, I can't I can't say any more can't. details than all that. All right. You're teasing us all. <laughs> uh anything else you think that can get us to that next level? Um we've got talent. We need the space. Um we need to to get into there's there's some mm-hmm. some acting classes around town yeah. that are out right now. Um there's one called Acting with Directors yeah, that I've been had, following. I actually just had Hassani on the show, uh, I think. Two episodes ago. Oh, cool. Yeah. Great. Or actually, te- wait, I lied. Don't say two episodes ago because he technically was in the he's, NAB. He's well, in the he's, NAB special. Right, but he's yeah. been on the show he's previous. He's been on the show, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Hassan- you for correcting my show. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. No, I, I've been following Hassani yeah. and what he and uh, Alberto Triana have been doing with with uh, acting with directors. I think that's a, a, an excellent mm-hmm. uh, uh, program yeah, to have. I agree. And yeah. I, think, I think that if we had... You know something in the education with UNLV or CSN. I, yeah. I know they already have their theatrical or acting yeah. departments, but I think uh, that would be one of the other things is to bring up the acting level yeah. more. I've I, seen I've seen it from a few people locally, mm-hmm. and there's a, certainly a few that I'm like, go for it. Like, yeah, yeah. You're you're right on the money with that. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I think if we can get more people where directors mm-hmm. can say that about them, mm-hmm. um, then. Uh, 
that's that's the last thing I can say that we we here. Okay. We need to step up. Gotcha. I I think just to tell you my points to what we think, I mm-hmm. think we need to do is I think we need to make a film. Well, I always use Moonlight as the example. Let me see if you agree. Like where our Moonlight's in Miami. You don't know it's really in Miami in a sense. You get this wonderful idea with the beach and this nice scenery, but you also get this shitty area. I think we need that in Vegas. Not like a horror film or a party film, but something where it's real and yes. in the suburbs and it's just a, well, a, a beautiful story. Honestly, I think I think that that's definitely something. We don't need another hangover. Yeah. You know, hangover kind of, you know, like the party life yeah. of Las Vegas. We all get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I my thought was recently was to do something hard hitting mm-hmm. that was um local yeah. local people. I agree. You know, with what you. what yeah. is it like for the actual locals of Las Vegas or Nevada? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, do a story based around that. Cause yeah. you know, there's you know, there's some there's you know, all different kinds of, of people yeah. with on different levels, you know, like mm-hmm. There's the people who are struggling and then there's the people who are high rollers that yeah. are living in at the palms, you know, like that. Yeah. You, you could, you could do a, uh, uh, some sort of urban story yeah. based on a couple of different social classes here, in, here in Las Vegas. And, uh, if you did a series or a movie either way, yeah. I think that would, that would be a huge hard hitting. Yeah. It film. helps. It helps. It helps. It helps breaks the glass. It helps breaks the glass. Yes. You know? And that's again. That's what we need. And that's there what you we, go. Call it breaking the glass. Yeah, there. Yeah, you know what? I'll give you that one. That's your <laughs> thing. And here's another thing. Uh, you can you can you guys can steal. I told the last guys you can steal this idea if you want. I don't really care. But I think instead of mixers, what would be more helpful is if you it also like help bring together people, help you know, learn other intricacies and working with other people. Is let's say I have five golden tickets, right? And okay. I give you a golden ticket. I give myself. A, I'll give myself one for the example. I give, uh, let's say, Dustin one. I give uh, George Elias of George Elias Presents one. And then my friend Mark one. I think that's six people. And I don't know how many people we just Sure. Did. But in the in the, in the the ticket, it says, hey, you'll be working on a project with so-and-so and so-and-so, so-and-so. This is your thing, your script writing. Mark's going to be the director. Dustin's going to be the editor. So everyone's trying something different and working together, collaborating and like you're the writer, you're writing the story. Then you have like you know maybe three months to put it all together. So it's like a weird mixer meeting and bringing these minds together. What do you think? You're saying do that instead of the mixers? Yeah. Like what if we did that? What if we tried something like that? I mean, instead of the mixers, but maybe something alternative where people are actually working together who don't know each other. Uh, that's interesting. I, I I kind of like the idea, but I yeah. feel like that's along the lines of the Las Vegas 48. Yeah. Um, we're, but but I feel like a lot of people say that the teams that are made at the 48 are still from friends for the most part. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess I could agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the idea I have. What do you think? You think that would be helpful? Anyone could steal this by the way. The, I don't really care. The only, the only, problem, the only problem I see with it yeah. is, you know, putting someone else, you know, like Dustin's not an editor. Yeah. But so it, like giving, you know, the chance to try, cause try something new. It gives mm-hmm. them the chance to also talk to the team and like maybe the team can help them out too. It's just a team working bill. It's a team working exercise. In right. Sense. Um, the, the trouble with it is, you know, do are we doing this outside of work hours? Yeah. And, outside know, of work everything? hours, you know, but again, that's why you have three or four months to get it together. Right. The problem is getting everyone to participate. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you guys can just find one Saturday to film. <laughs> right, jeez. You know, take it, take it back to yeah. uh, film school, almost like the Las Vegas Forty Eight, but do it like the Las Vegas Twenty Four. And okay. you know, you have to you know work with people you don't normally work mm-hmm. with, 
and you've got 24 hours to do a project. Yeah. Um, you know, make it a challenge. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do something like that. All right. I like this. Um, something we can work on, grow on. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We can brainstorm it. But along those lines, yeah. um, I was just thinking works, local workshops mm-hmm. would be something that would help elevate. Yeah. Like if you had a workshop that was all about post-production or a workshop yeah. that's all about audio, how to record better sound yeah, on set. Definitely. Um, you know, just, we don't have enough workshops. I don't think, I think CSN puts on something yeah. uh, every mo- every year. Yeah. But uh, I, I think we need that more of a regular thing. Like yeah. every, every second Saturday of the month is like the audio workshop or oh, something yeah, like yeah. that. Okay. That works too. I like that idea. Yeah. 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 Um, let me ask you this. this is the last second, to last question. Cause we're almost at the end of the show. Okay. What is the last piece of advice, the nugget, uh, that you want to give to the people that are listening? The last piece of advice I could give is uh, shoot. shoot. Okay. Just go out and make it. Because um, the only way you'll learn is to make mistakes. Okay. So go out, make mistakes, film something that's good, film mm-hmm. something that's mm-hmm. bad. Um, just do it. Okay. Uh, that's my favorite meme is just do it. <laughs> Um, so just go out, take whatever camera you got. So shoot and sound. just do it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. I like it. And then yeah. what is your social media that you'd like to give out if you'd like to give that out? So you can find me at uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. Derek.j.morrison. It's D-R-E-K. Mm-hmm. Um, or quantum.arc. Okay. Easy. And then that is the show, man. Right, thanks for having me thank on. Thank you for being on the show. And thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been a wonderful time getting to talk to Derek and learning about him as well. Um, guys, you know, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Anchor. We're on Stitcher. We're on TuneIn Radio. You name it, we're probably on. I think we're on six platforms total at the moment. Uh, hopefully seven. I can, and I can't do this without my frame chaser. So thank you for listening, and thank you for all the growing support of the show. Um, again, guys, you know, everyone has a story to tell. And we all go through things at the same time or at different times. And I hope people that are on the show keep inspiring you to chase those frames. So again, thank you, Derek. And thank you guys for listening. Have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great month. Have a great year. Hopefully we'll catch you next time on Chasing the Frame, which is every Wednesday. Peace.